On now, the recovered audition tapes from Barbie, starring Amy Schumer. Yeah, I wasn't really a huge fan of that one. No, I thought that that was very where he was at. Here he comes. Okay, Chase, yes. uh, you will be reading for the role of Ken. So uh, you've read the sides. Yep. And let's just start with trying the theme song. Okay, keep rolling the song and the reveal on Amy. Now. Come on, Barbie. Let's go. Ah! No, 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 no. Stay tuned for more recovered audition tapes from Barbie, starring Amy Schumer. She can make babies. You found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. Like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. Not a big home improvement market Detroit. <laughs> we are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. Glad to be with you. That's the sound of the weekend. That is the sound of the weekend. I'm your host, Stephen Crowder. All references available at louderwithcrowder.com. Producing with me in video studio, as always, is my producer, Jared, who is not gay. Nope. Follow him on Twitter at NotGayJared. I fulfill my legal obligations. Draw your own conclusions. Are we good? We're good. We are good. Good. Big show. Episode 101. 101. 101. 101. The Common college course. Yes. Which is perfectly fitting because we'll have Professor Jordan Peterson fitting. on the program. Yeah, that's uh, newly famous after the Joe Rogan show. We wrote about him a while ago at University of Toronto. Everyone said he was a hate speaker because of this whole gender pronoun Naturally. debacle. And a uh, smart guy. Smart guy. Looking forward to sitting guy. down with him. He'll be live in studio. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a treat. I should have said it's a big show. Uh, we have Michelle Malkin as well. We have Gavin McGinnis and Dr. Ben Carson. Big show. Ben Carson. Big show ben for Carson. a relatively slow week. That is true. It has been, it's news. been awful. It's been an awful week for, for news. Isn't it, one of the, isn't it sort of coincidental that as we go into holidays, all of a sudden there's just, there's just no news? Just no, just what a coincidence. Just, when all the spending ads and budgets are gone, <laughs> no news. Well, it's just, it's just one of those deals, right? It's, it's uh, news that's, that's fit to print, unless it's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Then it's just, eh, it's a blip on the radar. It's one of those things, I, you know, I worked at Fox for four and a half years. I've basically appeared in every network out there. And uh, listen, that's the secret. If there's no news to talk about, well, first off, if there's no news to talk about during a hot season or during sweeps week, they will talk about, they will create stories. Fabric, as always, it's yeah. a reliable, reliable And then if there are some news. big stories, big stories to talk about during a season where they don't want to talk about yeah. Unless it's flight 370 and then just just 24-7 for months, just nurse on it. Flight 370. Or that one that went to the Malaysian flight? Oh, 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 oh the Malaysian CNN. Airlines. It was like three months. I know, I know. Never found it. All worthless. It was like the, like the, uh, the really disappointing series of HBO or something. Uh, of course, show's going to deal with the studio's not entirely finished. We have all the space, so I'm getting used to it. That's going to be a new sign. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the biggest stories because we'll have tons of guests tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Carson, I'm looking forward to. Big story of the week. Biggest story of the week. Do you know what it is? 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess. Well, can I cheat? No, no, no you can't, can't cheat. cheat. Well, you, know. you're, you're, I, that's I know what it is. Not KJ knows. Donald Trump, Time Person of the Year. There you go, right up there on screen. Donald Trump named Time Person of the Year. Well, hold on a second, Jared. Jared just brought up a screen of Hitler. Let me, let me explain the context right off the bat. So Donald Trump named Time Person of the Year. Right away, boycott time mm -hmm. from all the left. Let's boycott Time magazine. Uh, people were furious. And you have Sean King. Now you can bring up the screen. Sean King saying, well, I guess, I guess Trump, well, you know, that's not, he sounds all like, well, he sounds like a white guy. Yeah, he sounds like a white guy. Trump is in good company with uh, Mussolini, Hitler, Stalin. Uh, hold on a second. Stupid. Do you understand the point you're making? You're proving that the left is offended by everything. Time's person of the year is not the best person on planet Earth. It's not Time's favorite person. It's the person of the year. It's the person who had the biggest impact on the news cycle. Time magazine focuses on news of the year. And, and, and you can bet if Hillary won, it probably would have been Hillary. Yes. If Hillary won, it would have been Hillary. After 9-11, it was Rudy Giuliani. They've had terrorists. They've had Hitler. They've had Stalin. Do you think that Time magazine would put Hitler on their cover? Because he's because he's their fave. Because they love him. <laughs> they just can't get enough. Hitler's totes the dorms. Get enough of that Hitler cover. Okay, so shouldn't that prove a point? First off, time I guarantee you is riddled with leftists employed there. It's not a conservative publication. Guarantee you that. And this is we've reached a point in the United States where people are offended at the mere documentation of history. It's just, it, it, could you imagine people just being like, if someone wrote an article, well, you know, this is pretty bad. Uh, Slavery is still going on in the United States. I just can't, I'm boycotting. I can't even believe you'd say the word slavery. We're offended at documenting that Donald Trump has had influence. Now, I love watching this. I love watching leftists melt down. It just Slayers. shows how intolerant so they are. <laughs> boycott Time Magazine. First off, Time Magazine's going to boycott itself, all right? It's probably not going to be around that much longer. But did you see this when you watched it? I was going, hold on a second. Do these people realize that Time were not Hitler? I don't know. Stalin supporters? I just feel like Twitter should just come with pacifiers these days. By the way, these are the Ladies. same people who, who lamented laborious the death of Fidel Castro. Oh... Oh, he was a folk hero to us. And then, he, then he was disappointing. They had, they had a moment of silence for the guy, didn't they? Yeah. Well, was, Chris Matthews said he was like a folk hero to leftists and then tried to say, well, he was disappointing. Like, he was, a, <laughs> he was part of a murderous communist regime, and you're putting his mistakes on par with, oh, that cab driver was so rude to me. Morning. Service was not quite up to par. And now they're offended at Donald Trump being on no. Time Magazine. And by the way, we have later on coming on the show, there's a new rendition of Baby It's Cold Outside because the first one was too rapey. Uh, everything's offensive. Amy Schumer is going to be Barbie. For those listening terrestrially, I apologize. We do not cover the repairs of your radios on which you no doubt vomited. It is one of those issues. Um, now, listen, we'll get in. A lot of people are saying, why haven't you been talking about Trump a ton these past couple of weeks? Let me explain to you why. It, because he hasn't done anything yet. And this is a phase where I've seen with every president, they make a lot of promises or they, they, they make a lot of pivots is the term you see in the media. Um, Meghan McCain was on a network called Pivot for a while. Yeah, until like she brought her uh, brought her double Z's over there to Fox News. I feel like this is the month life. gap where they're just trying to do anything they can to stay in the news. Yeah, there's, it's a month gap where they really have to confirm why people voted for them, and often this is a time where you see a lot of pandering. 
because they're trying to unify the country. You do have to ride that first wave. So uh, how do I feel about Donald Trump? I, I, just, I just don't want to speculate because anything he says right now could go either way. Um, on the cabinet picks, some of them have been great. I think win some, lose some. I really like the, uh, and we're talking about the guy who will very likely repeal Obamacare. I love that Obama's legacy will be like a fart in the wind. I'm glad that it's going to go away very quickly. Uh, the carrier deal did happen, though. And, and that happened, and I didn't talk about it a lot last week because we didn't have a, a ton of information. We have more now, and there's been some more fallout. So I think we can talk about this because, again, Time Magazine, I would say this is the next biggest story. And... I think there are a few things that people are missing. Uh, Donald Trump, carrier deal. The left was furious. He claimed he saved more jobs. They claimed he didn't save as many jobs as he did. Donald Trump's really been appealing to the, the, the Rust Belt sort of union workers, blue collar. That's been a big part of his strategy. And, well, the, the, the union heads are doing as union heads do. Roll clip. Chuck Jones, who is president of United Steelworkers 1999, has done a terrible job representing workers. No wonder companies flee country, exclamation point. Um, what do you say, uh, Chuck, when you hear that? Well, first of all, that would have very damn nice. Uh, but uh, with, with Donald Trump saying that, that must be, I mean I'm doing a good job because these people are making a decent wage at Carrier, and uh, I feel like I'm uh, somewhat involved in uh, making that happen. Yeah, all right. Uh, so this this guy goes on to then, you know, no no word of the fact that this union could be the reason that so many jobs are leaving yeah, the United States. Yeah, nice pat on the back seems appropriate. He goes on to it. We don't have it in the clip. We have to be careful with CNN clips because they might hit us with copyright infringements. Thanks, YouTube. Um, <laughs> to attack Donald Trump repeatedly, mercilessly. These people are just, they're attacking him, they're attacking him, they're attacking him. The unions are. Uh, we saw this coming. We talked about this. And this is something, like I said, I have a lot of grace for people whenever they're about to go into office, win some, lose some with Donald Trump. But Donald Trump has made a part, and everyone has praised him, right? So he's beholden to this a little bit, how great he is in the Rust Belt, how he's going to shake up the map. And he has talked about tariffs, and he has talked about bringing back manufacturing jobs, and he has done so without expressly addressing the elephant in the room, which is unions, who are a big reason, you know, unions and, and, and crony uh, politicians in the Midwest, all of whom virtually are, are Democrat. And Donald Trump as president doesn't change that, doesn't change the local legislature. So when you say you're going to bring the jobs back, when you're going to punish companies from leaving, well, and you're not addressing the reason they're leaving right off the bat, and a big part of that is unions because you got a lot of votes from them, this is what's going to happen. And here's my point. Stop trying to pander. Not just Trump, anyone. Stop trying to pander to people who will never be your friends. AFL-CIO will never be your friends, Donald Trump. The UAW will never be your friends. The Steelworkers Union will never be your friends. Look at their political contributions, which far outnumber big oil, which far outnumber the Koch uh, brothers. That's not even close. They will never be your friends, Republicans. And so I definitely see this being a, 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 a twisty, windy road to the depths of hell if you don't make a pre-existing uh, condition, if you will, that, all right, listen, we want to bring jobs back, but we need to address this. We need to address the root problem. I am on board with lowering corporate tax rates. I am on board with relieving these uh, companies who are beholden to these corrupt unions as best as you can. But let me do the math for you. Um, over the past 15 or 16 years, about 5 million jobs in the manufacturing se sector have, have gone away. Okay? Most of those are not due to uh, outsourcing. 
They're due to, they're due to, 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 to automation. Now, I, I don't think many of us are arguing that with automation, we should do away with that, right? Then you become like one of those fight for 15 morons. So <clears throat> even if Donald Trump were to bring back all of the jobs, right? You're talking about maybe, uh, let's say, 100,000 a year. Let's say you were to bring back 100,000 a year in a labor force of 152,000. It wouldn't do enough. It wouldn't do that much. It wouldn't be a drop in the bucket. And we're doing this to try and pander to a voting base, not to try and fix an economy. And you're trying to pander to a voting base who will throw you under the bus anyway. You negotiate with these people that are going to come back and bend you over at the next negotiation and want more. And when you don't, they're going to give virtually 99% of all their contributions to Democrats, as they have done. 99% of their contributions have gone to Democrats throughout history. That's not going to change. They're not your friends. Stop trying to make them your friends. Not Gay Jared on the shelf. I got complimentary with every Bob Club site up now through Christmas. Only $99 annually, $69 for students and vets. What are you what are you doing here? Get access to Loud with Crowder's Daily Show, finally, and all of CRTV's lineup, including Mark Stein, Mark Levin, and Michelle Malkin. How'd you get in here? Chimney and Astroglide. Me, that's Hopper Growling. We have Jordan Peterson coming up after the break. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to Jordan Peterson. Then we have Michelle Malkin, Gavin McGinnis, Dr. Ben Carson. Get your coffee ready. Uh, or your methamphetamine. Ooh. Or crack if you're from his hometown of Detroit. So I had more to say on Trump and the carrier deal. You know, we'll get into it. We'll get into talking about the deficit and GDP a little later. It's kind of boring to lead it off. But uh, long story short, I think, and the same thing you're seeing with Dr. Ben Carson this week. Listen, Dr. Ben Carson, there are some things I like about him, some things, uh, I don't, th there's nothing I dislike about him, but sometimes I worry about his experience level, sometimes I worry about things that he said, but I, I really like him, I think he's a decent guy, okay? But wherever you line up, there is no proof to the allegations from the left that Dr. Ben Carson is a racist or a xenophobe. There's no doubt. And so when it comes to, you know, even with people with, the, with whom I disagree, and Dr. Ben Carson, I wouldn't say is amongst them, I feel compelled, is it me? I feel compelled to defend them when the left makes these accusations. Donald Trump appoints xenophobic racist Ben Carson. Really? The black guy raised in Detroit to a single mother who he tried to stab? I mean, when we talk about the black experience, the guy has a gold membership. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? Because remember, I was like, well, Condoleezza Rice isn't really black. Well, yeah. Colin Powell, but now they've taken Colin Powell back. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, he, yeah, he, uh, he's, he's a real uh, Negro. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take him. It's Latin. It's not racist. Shut up. Okay. One of the clips that I really like from this week that I just I felt we have to run, and then we have to get to Amy Schumer, uh, Rick Santorum. Some things to like, something to disagree with Rick Santorum on uh, passionately. But he was asked in a CNN forum with Van Jones by uh, basically an illegal immigrant. Let's use the proper terminology. She was trying to talk about the possibility of being deported or not being able to remain illegal. And, um, well, let's roll the first clip. This was the setup. Marley was dead to begin with to garner sympathy. And I uh, stand to lose all the work that I've done. 
um, if the new administration decides to end DACA, which is the program that allows undocumented individuals like myself to have the ability to work. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Is it what we're supposed to feel? Well, because she, she put on a nice pantsuit, she should be able to commit felonies. She looks like that Americana girl from yeah. Ugly Betty. Yeah, what's her name? Uh, America, America Rivera. Not Rivera. No, not America Rivera. Mexico Rivera. Mexico, what I don't it? know. Illegal Rivera. Yeah. Someone will get us Ugly her name Betty. and they'll be really... Yeah. <laughs> Just stop it. Don't call her Ugly Betty. That was the name of the show. What was the name of the show? All right, so Rick Santorum, they were expecting him to try and tiptoe around this, and you're like, well, maybe so, maybe not. And uh, listen, it takes brass balls to respond the way Rick Santorum did. Go ahead. Not a very, very, very pleasant place to be. And I remember asking him, and he hated Italy because it was a, it was a horrible childhood in his mind. And I asked him, I said, you know, did you ever resent America? He said, no, America was worth the wait. It was worth doing it the right way. And I think what most people in America feel is that you've been given a tremendous benefit They're clapping by for being law here in this country. You just described something <laughs> that, do? I don't know where you've come, what, what country that, that your parents came from. But my guess is you wouldn't have had the opportunities to be able to accomplish what you have. And so my final point is Here's final you point. have the ability to go to any other country right now and, and, and apply those wares and, and so, be successful I mean, so and then reapply it... to come back to America if you so choose. No, look so at do you, his face. Senator, look at his face. I love this watch. Senator, Oh, all right, come back. He's just like, I, whatever. Oh, whatever. Like, whatever. Listen, I mean, I, I don't think anything. Else. You're racist. Why'd you say that to me? You're supposed to say. And that, what's her name? That Navarro lady? Yeah. The lady who claims to be Republican, but all she's done is made a career off of bashing Trump. Why do all your Mexican women sound like dudes? I don't know. Bad well, I can't, do, I can't go up that high. Once we get the better soundboard, you can bring Oh, okay. Up. That's a good point. We can sound like not gay Jared on the shelf. So I just love, it's very rare that you get a moment this earnest. Because listen, all of us feel that way. I know I do. Someone's like, well, what about, what about me? I'm here illegally. Do you think we should get rid of me? Yes. And so they expect us to say, no, 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 no. And I love the, mm-hmm. Every now and then you get somebody who just doesn't back down. And, uh, and they don't always get credit. Sometimes uh, Rick Santorum doesn't get credit for this. Speaking of um, credit, Amy Schumer, I don't really know what the segue is there. We didn't really have there a big, wasn't. No, there wasn't really a big fat joke. No. That's about all we can do with Amy Schumer. It gets old hat, but she has been assigned the role of Barbie. And uh, Not Gay Jared can bring up her letter. So everyone was obviously saying, ah. The resemblance is uncanny. Yes, the resemblance is uncanny. It's like if, Barb, if, if Barbie, uh, had, if Barbie had befallen on her the scenario of Macaulay Culkin at the end of My Girl, and she were stung with a thousand bees, and made it she with would the then look toad. like the picture on the left, Amy Schumer. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who didn't see My Girl... You should be ashamed of yourself, and for those who did, you're welcome. So she responded because people were saying, you know, I just, I just don't really think Amy Schumer will make a good Barbie. Listen, they're not going to cast me as the new Cool Hand Luke. I'm okay with it. I'm disappointed. Here's what she wrote. Jared, bring it up. She responded with, very honored to be nominated for two Grammys and to be considered to play an important and evolving icon. Remember only a few weeks ago when they were releasing Normal Barbie? Mm. It wasn't an important evolving. It was a sexist icon. But now that it's Amy Schumer, we're, we're all hands on Barbie. Is it fat shaming if you know you're not fat and have zero shame in your game? I don't think so. Um, but you don't know that. You, you just claim that. 
I am strong and I am proud of how I live my life and say what I mean and fight for what I believe in. So you believe in being a middle-aged, unmarried, motherless, miserable whore. That's her bit. I'm not, she talks about whoring herself out. She, ah, you set your stopwatch with Amy Schumer, right? And she goes out, walks out on stage like the Chelsea Handler thing. This is the female comedian bit. Ah, I'm a filthy slut. Dang, 14 seconds. Well, she made it 14 seconds. That's Amy Schumer's, if you're proud, listen, if you're proud of that, that's fine. But people have the right to criticize it. Just like people have the right to criticize um, Barbie, who wouldn't have made it in the XL catalog a mere few years ago. I'm a badass comic, headlining arenas all over the world and making TV and movies and blah, 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 blah. Anyone who has ever been bullied or felt bad about yourself, I'm out there fighting for you, collecting multi-million dollar checks for a movie that will flop. And I want you to fight for yourself, too. We need to laugh at all the haters and sympathize with them. If I say I'm beautiful, I say I'm strong, you will not determine my story. I will. Here's the thing. Incorrect. You don't get to determine if you're beautiful. Much like Lena Dunham taking a crap on a toilet. Selfie, please. That's disgusting. Take it off. Does not get determined that that's beautiful. We say Lena Dunham on a toilet defecating is not sexy. We prefer our Barbies to be sexy. Amy Schumer, you're funny. To some, you're not sexy. Barbie is not known as the funny chick at the bar. She's the hot chick. She is the trophy wife. That's what Barbie is. You are not. Jordan Peterson next. And now, the recovered audition tapes from Barbie, starring Amy Schumer. Okay, um, Edward, thanks for coming in. You'll be reading for the role of Ken. And uh, we'll take that theme song from the middle verse and uh, action. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. And the reveal on Amy as Barbie. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. Now. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. Come on, Barbie, let's... Go party. Come on, Barbie. Let's go. You know, you know what? Um, I don't think I don't think I'm right for this role. No, you're doing great. You're fantastic. No, you know what? I really just I'm not, I don't feel um I don't I don't I don't feel I'm right for for I, I I just don't think this is me. No, keep going. No, I really just I'm not uh, I'm not feeling the, the the motivation. Well, we can pay you uh, more money. If That's not about the money. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go. Let our EP know that we'll need a bigger budget in casting Ken. Okay, but you know, Amy's going to want to be paid equally. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Stay tuned for more Recovered Audition Tapes from Barbie, starring Amy Schumer. She can make babies. We have to be professional because we have a real guest here, not Gay Jared. Real guest. A real guest. He's a yes. gentleman uh, and a scholar. Quite literally, we say that a lot. We say that. We mean it this but time. It's not true. He is a we professor at the University of Toronto. Jordan Peterson videos on YouTube. Jordan B. Peterson at Jordan B. Peterson on Twitter. I've gotten. Those, I have those plugs right. Correct. You do. You do. I highly recommend it. So we wrote about uh, Professor Jordan Peterson a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can just talk about exactly what it was. It revolved around gender pronouns and freedom of speech versus supposed social justice. Uh, I come from Canada, where where it was just sort of assumed, and then now he's blown up. He's been all over Joe Rogan on the interwebs. Thank you for being with us, sir. Nice dance. 
Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. You're very graceful. Well, you know, it's funny with Canadians, <laughs> until he smiles, you don't know if it's a piercing <laughs> stare. Or it's, it's kind of left in the dark on that one. Kind of left in the no. dark, so I, I appreciate You know, sometimes it's like you get professors and they say, I appreciate humor. Mm -hmm. But they don't crack a smile. You know, mm -hmm. Well, apparently they've had some kind of a face issue. So mm -hmm. um, I try not to crack a smile when I'm making jokes. Really? Mm -hmm. Why? It's more amusing to me that way. That's more amusing to you. I can understand that. So your mm -hmm. art is only for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what some Canadians call that? Pretentious. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> um, explain to us exactly what this was. What, what, uh, you are not playing ball with the gender pronouns. Tell me the situation at University of Toronto. This is how most people know you, and then we can expand on it. Yeah, well, there was a bill that was passed, a piece of legislation in Canada that's almost passed now at the federal level called Bill C-16, and what it purports to do is to add gender identity and gender expression to the list of uh, protected groups under the right. Canadian Human Rights Code and the, and the Criminal Code, mm -hmm. and so it makes harassment and discrimination, um, you can pursue it under the hate provisions of the Criminal Code. Right. and, and then the pro that doesn't seem so bad, but the problem is is that it's interpreted in a broader set of policies that were laid out in the Ontario Human Rights Commission, and mm -hmm. those those policies are very uh, bad in my estimation. Well, it's one thing a lot of Americans don't understand, and I remember talking about this with Ann Coulter back in the day um, when they banned her from was it Ottawa University of Ottawa it was somewhere in Ottawa. What I don't know. I think it was the University of Ottawa. Was yeah, it I think of it was. Yeah, I'm okay. not sure, but yeah. And um, I said, well, you don't understand. Freedom of speech is not really a legally protected right in Canada. We don't really have it the same way the United States does. And she she couldn't really believe it. And I said, well, here here's some kind of some 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 precedents legally hate speech, and a lot of people say, well, we do have freedom of speech. We just don't allow hate speech. Um, so is that kind of what this centered around there in Ontario with the LGBTQ AAIP situation? Well, the thing that bothered me was that the legislature, legislators under the pressure from these marginal social justice type groups are instantiating a particular, particular view of human identity into the law. Right. And the, the view essentially is that your identity, regardless of its, of its level, but mm -hmm. say your sexual identity, your sexual preference, your gender expression, which is essentially your fashion choices. Yes, um, it is. It is. I'm so dead serious about that. that. And well, you know, Lauren Southern is is a, is a friend of both of ours, and she has some tranny friends um, who are also very nice. They were really mad because we had a psychiatrist on who had dealt with a lot of transgender people. She said probably some of the most deeply disturbed individuals she had come across who required the most work. And she talked about how you, there used to be transsexuals and transvestites, and most transgenders don't go through with the bottom surgery at all. As a matter of fact, many of them don't go through the top surgery or even the hormone replacement therapy. And I said, what's the difference between today's transgenders and, uh, you know, last decade's transvestites? She said, none. It's just a term. So you, you are actually medically accurate, but it's, it's wildly offensive and you'll get letters. Hmm, yeah, well, see, the problem is for me that it's very dangerous to make a law that, that forces the presumption that there's no relationship between the underlying biology and people's identities, because right. as far as I'm concerned, that's, that's factually false. It's mm -hmm. conceptually weak, but it's also factually false. And the law actually goes farther than that. So you can imagine that identity has a number of components. Mm -hmm. Biology would be one. That's the part that's associated with the objective world, with the real world. And the idea that that <laughs> yes. doesn't have any influence on people is palpably insane, especially given it's, it's, it's even insane in terms of the uh, uh, internal workings of the arguments that the people on that side of the equation are making. So, for example, when transsexuals go through with, with uh, 
with surgical and hormonal procedures, they're obviously acting on the presupposition that biology is an important component of identity because they wouldn't bother with the hormonal treatments otherwise. Right. It, that's certainly not merely something that has physical consequences. And so, okay, so then you could say, well, you, you know, your identity as a man has a biological component and it has a sociological component. Mm -hmm. And you can argue about how much of the way that you are and the way you present yourself is culturally constructed and how much of it is biologically based, but right. there's some contribution of both. Yeah. Okay, the law insists that there's no contribution of the biology. And then you could say, well, that makes your identity only a social construct. But then the law goes farther than that. It, it doesn't even allow for the social construction element of it to be part of the part of the game because you're allowed to define your identity subjectively in any manner you see fit. Right. And, but then they also demand taxpayers pick up the tab for the biological component when they want to change it. I don't yeah. know about that in Canada, but I know in Nancy Pelosi's district, you know, that's we were talking about that with the ele the reason the electoral college exists is so that values can be protected within the state, so that someone in North Dakota, you know, isn't paying for your addictomy over there in San Francisco. Um, but that's the big irony. It's well, it's a social construct, but this idea, kind of what you're talking about, if there can be a male brain and a female brain, meaning if you were born to the wrong carcass, to the wrong gender, well, well that sort of counters their entire. Uh, well, that's another. Well, th that one of the things that I pointed out in the first video I made, I made three videos on this topic, one about the bill and the danger of, of making law out of this kind of doctrine, and another complaining, criticizing the University of Toronto's decision to make anti-racism and anti-bias training mandatory for their yeah. staff, which is something I regard as a form of pseudo-scientific political re-education. I think there's no excuse for it whatsoever, and in fact the evidence for that sort of thing suggests that mandatory anti-racism and anti-bias training either has no effect or makes people worse. So you spoke out against this? Yes. And, and you're still gainfully employed? Yes, although I received two warning letters from the university. I can I'm, not, I'm not saying I have any problem with that, but I'm surprised. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it could have gone... I think what the university essentially did, because I said in the video, in the first video, that what I was doing in making the video was mm -hmm. probably already illegal according to the Ontario Human Rights yeah. Yeah, uh, com Commission and then they were going to make it illegal federally and, and so I said even making the video criticizing the legislation was probably already illegal and that as my employer the University of Toronto was just as responsible for what I said as I am because that's also part of the legislation so now right. if you yeah yeah well people need to understand that that's it's very important the legislative process here hmm. um, people say well hate speech and it sounds good to a lot of students right and I think it comes from 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 a place of compassion well we don't want to speak hatefully we don't want to hate people so yeah we shouldn't allow hate speech but who then becomes the arbiter of hate speech? Well, that's the problem. And just because hate speech is wrong doesn't mean it should be illegal. No. I because mean, the stuff it Jared does on his day offs. Those should be, you know, they're, they're reprehensible. And wrong. And wrong, but I support his right. I just threw up well, all it, in my it's, mouth it's, talking about it. It's, no, it's, it's no wonder he works for you because you're obviously a very compassionate employer as this well as a great dancer. Yes. And by the way, uh, much of this is, is created biologically. The other half... Mm -hmm. Lifetime fitness. Uh, it, it is. And you're an impressive specimen. Thank you very yeah, it's much, actually Mr. hard. <laughs> it's actually hard to sit here because of the glow of light that's coming off you. Oh uh, well, you have that Sam Elliott sort of rustic vibe about you. So well, uh, I am. I am from Northern Alberta. You know. This is true. Uh, it's like a primitive part of so Texas. Is it horrible going into work now? I mean, you've been on Joe Rogan, and and, and we've written about it, and I, we've had millions of people. Um, does everyone just just respectfully do, do they hate you in Toronto? No, no, no. The, the funny thing is, is that. Um, it's, I'm more self-conscious when I go on the campus now. Yeah, I would imagine. You, know, you feel because, exposed. Yeah, I do. I do, I do feel more exposed. And, and um, 
and I'm not complaining about that, by the way, but but I, it's not it's not I'm not I don't have anything to complain about with regards to what's happened. I mean, first of all, I've had overwhelming public support, and mm -hmm. what, I, what I wanted to do with the initial videos was to articulate my thoughts on the matter because it's very complicated what's happening politically around the world in Canada, in the U.S., in Western Europe, in Australia, New Zealand. It's very very complicated, and yeah. something isn't going well, and it's very hard to sort it out. And one of the things that's happened since I've had, there's been 180 press articles written about the videos and the consequences of those videos since yeah. September 27th, and a tremendous amount of public criticism. And one of the advantages to that, to being criticized public and publicly and also to being supported publicly, is that it forces you to get your arguments straight. Yeah. straighter and straighter and so you it's know, like training trying to do best um yeah I right said that about being raised in in canada and this is where I, I, I wanted to discuss having been raised in montreal we didn't have any conservatives or libertarians we had liberals and we had liberal separatists um i remember someone came into class in the fourth grade i went to saint francis of assisi came in in a jean chrétien mask saying thank you all for getting your parents to vote liberal it was they were totally unashamed doing this and then when i went to uh college uh Sejep, it's a different system mm -hmm. there in yeah. quebec i had a professor say who's a christian raise your hand you probably won't pass this class because if the class was Greek mythology, apparently I can't pass a class because I couldn't open my mind enough to talk about wax wings flying close to the sun. This was just, it permeated everywhere. The other point of view didn't even exist. Whereas I had an American father who made sure I understood the American constitution, why the United States was created the way it was. And most people don't. So you were saying off air, which surprised me, you thought that Toronto or Ontario had maybe evaded this sort of radical social justice warrior leftism, uh, contrasting with the United States, I always assumed that it was the position in Canada by default. Well, I was thinking more specifically about the University of Toronto. I mean, okay. the U of T is a very, is a very diverse campus, uh, partly because Toronto has people from all over the world in it, many mm -hmm. people from all over the world, people who've moved there from different countries, and, and immigrants by and large are relatively conservative. I mean, in Canada, the immigrants tend to, to support the Liberal Party because yeah. the Liberal Party has been more pro-immigration. But in terms of their fundamental stance with regards to social issues, almost all immigra immigrants are more on the conservative side. And because, they? well, they're they're very pro-family, for example, and and they're and they're. Um, Attitude are Haitians, to, like a lot of Haitians in Quebec, you know, because of the French laws. And French Canadians are often quite racist, so they weren't happy about it. Yeah, well, the, the immigration situation in Quebec is quite different than okay. it is in Ontario because there's French language, um, uh, there's preference for people who are French language speakers for right. immigration into Quebec. So, but like the University of Toronto has a tremendous number of Asian students and they're often children of first generation immigrants and they're extremely right. focused on educational attainment and employability. Right. They're not really that interested, all things considered, in political issues. And sure. so because of that, the University of Toronto, I would say, has been, the student body at least, has been more conservative in, in the old classic sense of conservative than might be typical, say, at an American Ivy League institution. That makes sense. Now, what's happened is that the administration has become increasingly left-wing as the years have progressed, and there's been, and the administration has become more and more powerful, and a lot of what is happening at the University of Toronto with regards to political correctness is a consequence of, of the doctrines that are put forward by the administration. Well, yeah, and you can take a sip of water. I'll take the floor here for a second. I could see it was getting parched after that. And uh, our audience, I guarantee you, is enthralled. No, it's, it's, um, it's interesting that you say that. One thing I noticed, particularly in Montreal, uh, I don't know if this is the case in Toronto, Asians almost entirely congregated 
only with Asians. It was very different from the United States. When I went to a school which was uh, largely Middle Eastern, a lot of Asians, they would sit at their own tables uh, in the cafeteria and they just didn't intermingle. They had to when they played gym, you know, and uh, they did their their um, their, uh, their 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 map out with dodgeball, um, and they were quite good at it. But uh, they didn't they didn't intermingle, and that was one thing that was very different. It was it, people were separate cultures. They didn't even speak English or French at the school, and I wonder if that might have something to do with them being apathetic uh, politically in a place like Toronto. Well, I think that's, no, I really do think it's just that they're more focused on their studies. Like the, the U of T student body is a very hard working group and it, it's a relatively hard school to get into and the academic standards are pretty high. And, and it's also not a social university because it's a downtown campus, because most people commute there. It, it isn't, it's by no means a party school. And, and so I'm not really even that familiar with the manner in which students socialize. Let me, let me hold that thought uh, and we'll talk about the manner in which Asians socialize and how much better they are than us at math. He said it, not me. Louder with Crowder, stay tuned. You'll get letters. You're not gay Jaren on a shelf. I come complimentary every Mug Club sign up now through the new year. That sounds like a bargain. Have you signed up for your Mug Club yet? Only $99 annually or $69 for students. I'm not comfortable with this. Not only do you get access to Louder with Crowder daily, finally, but the entire CRTV lineup, including Mark Levin, Mark Stein, and Michelle Malkin. Who's breaking and entering? Eh, I think twice about that. Some pretty damning photos are already on the cloud. I do what I say. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Serious, uh, uh, tr treat him professionally, not gay, Jared. Serious as gout. From now on, we should only have Bach. That's when he come in. That's a horrible so, idea. So horrible I couldn't tell it. there in, in that intro whether you were dancing or twitching. Um, well, uh, thank you for bringing it up. I have a long storied history as an am amateur boxer. And, uh, um, so it's twitching. Yeah, well, let's just file that under Jordan Peterson making um, ill-timed Parkinson's jokes. That's horrible. He's a bad man. There's never a bad time for a Parkinson's joke. For a Parkinson's joke. Okay, so we were talking about this with with Montreal and Toronto, very different upbringings. What has been, so you talk about being uneasy on campus? Is it just that you feel exposed? Do you feel targeted? Do you feel uh, more so by faculty or by students? Because like you said, the, the, the majority of Americans don't have a problem with you saying, all right, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. But that's not the case on campus or in the media. Well, or that, and that's industry. also not precisely what I said. What I said was that I wasn't going to use words that were made up by radical leftist activists yeah. because they were legislating my the necessity for me to well, do I, that. I was softening it for you, but yes. Yeah. Well, and, but it's a, it's a real specific issue for me it, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a red herring in some sense that this happened to focus on the, the rights of transsexuals because I don't really think that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. I, and, and, and I think the reason that um, I think I mentioned earlier that there were 180 newspaper articles now published about this in the last two and a half months, which is, that's a crazy number. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost incomprehensible. For something that it seems relatively benign. Well, that's say. it. Well, that's the thing. So, you know, when you're arguing with someone, even if you're doing this with someone you know well personally, a big part of the argument is often what is the argument about. 
you know, so if you're married to someone and you come home and maybe you're late and your, your spouse is annoyed at you, what you have to decide as a couple is whether or not the argument is going to be about that particular instance or is it going to be about everything that's wrong with your relationship. Mm -hmm. And you know how sometimes a little argument can spiral up until you're arguing about absolutely everything, including whether yes. you should even be together. Yeah, uh, well, n no, not in that case, but I'm, I'm quite certain the Clintons do. Okay, well, fair, and, and, and they have every reason to as well. So, so figuring out what the argument is about is a huge part of the problem yeah. when you have a disagreement. And I don't think that this issue would have attracted anywhere near the attention that it attracted if it wasn't about something radically other than the specifics of this bill. Mm -hmm. And what it's really about, I believe, is the same thing that the American election hinged on, in, at, least, at least hinged on in part, which is the group rights versus individualism, that's part of it. Um, how we're going to decide how to balance things like fairness and justice in our society. Right. What's the role of achievement versus equality? There's, 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 and, and the arguments about, say, equality of outcome versus equality of opportunity. And there's it's a lot of... difficult for a Canadian in the era of Trudeau. I mean, I don't know if you saw that interview where he, he just seems to vehemently hate small business owners. Where he was talking about how it's really just a haven for tax breaks. I mean, in the United States, even Democrats have to say, well, we're the party of small business, when really they're not the party of business at all. They're the party of big government. Um, same thing, this is a guy who really does believe in speech codes and believes in equality of, of outcomes and not opportunity. Do you think... And it surprised me. It surprised me. Stephen Harper was the first guy I voted for mm -hmm. as an adult. Mm -hmm. And he's probably the one person I voted for in my lifetime um, most proudly. And you guys were doing so well. Higher on the Economic Freedom Index, Canadians. Did they just not know what they had? Because it seems like the culture has really changed quickly to one of oppressive political correctness. Well, the thing about it, the thing that, the reason that a democracy works, at least in part, isn't because the people that you vote in have better ideas. Right. You know, it's not always obvious how much of any given candidate's ideas can actually be implemented into the political system because there's a lot of checks and balances in it. And now and then it's good, maybe every decade or so, say speaking in the Canadian situation, it's every eight years here, that you just throw the people out and you replace them with a new group. And right. partly why that's so useful is because corruption tends to get instantiated if you leave people in power for any excess length of time. Sure. And I think part of what happened with Harper was that he had just been in power long enough <clears throat> so that people were starting to become skeptical of what he was up to yeah, and wanted sense. to switch it. Now, I don't really think that people in Canada precisely knew what they were voting for because I think Trudeau was much more influenced by radical leftists than right. any good liberals have any right to be. I mean, yeah. we have a socialist party in Canada and the radical, the more radical leftists should be associated with the socialist party, with the NDP. Right. But they've, they've invaded, let's say, the Liberals, and I would say to some degree the Conservatives, and like the, the Justice Minister in Canada is clearly a, a, a political correct activist type. Do you worry uh, being targeted, given all the press now? Target, a, targeted in what way? Targeted by an active government who would uh, do well to silence you. Well, I think it's, an, it's anybody's guess whether or not I'll be hauled out in front of the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal. Those would be the logical people. Those you are the and stand-up comedians because they have their yeah. priorities in order. Yeah, yes, exactly. Well, comedians, they should be silenced, you know, especially the ones that aren't that funny. <laughs> yes, but, exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> but that happened with, with Mike Ward. 
Yeah. I remember that. Mike Ward, I, I remember I, when I was doing stand-up, I was 17. Um, in Montreal, we had Comedy Works, and everyone was going up there when Harper was elected, and they were just bitching about it and how they couldn't believe it. And I was sitting there going, do you understand that these are the people who will devour you? The liberals you claim to support, these people will devour And they never got it. And I think some of them are waking up now. A lot of comedians just still think it's about progress. But I don't think Americans understand that. When I say, you know, when Amy Schumer and Lena Dunham say we're going to move to Canada, you're going to move to a place where a man was put in front of a human rights tribunal for offending a kid from a Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yep. So I certainly think you'll at least be audited. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been audited many times, so I'm, I'm really? sure that'll continue. Yes, well. Okay, like clockwork? Partially, that... partially audited. Well, I guarantee you, uh, your prime minister knows who you are, because Canada's not as big of a place as the United States, and he seems very tech savvy, so he's mm -hmm. probably been on your YouTube. Um, if you were able to sit down with... I'm not sure he understood the more complicated parts. No, I'm not sure he did either. Um, and as a matter of fact, he, he's not really looking at YouTube. He has his phone off, and he's just using it as a mirror. So it's easy to trick people. Um, but we will want to talk... I'm sorry about I said something nasty about him, but what he said about Castro was unforgivable. Why, why are you... You must think you're somewhere else. You don't need to apologize for speaking ill of Justin Trudeau. It's encouraged. Well, it was kind of a cheap <laughs> shot, but... Well, it's you know. not a cheap shot. You are talking. The cheap shot was the guy who knocked him out in sparring, but it wasn't even that cheap. Yeah, that you cheap. said you were going to concentrate. Yeah, on we, that we had to concentrate. Yeah. Oh, you know, let's yeah, do one yeah. more segment with uh, Professor Jordan Peterson, and then uh, we'll do a web extended because I'm just I'm just learning so damn much. You better be learning. Take notes. I am learning. Take notes, not gay, Jared. Music isn't in yet. Where are we going? I thought you said ten seconds. No, it's coming. Are you wrong? No, now it's ten seconds. Now it's ten seconds. Now it's ten seconds. Okay. All right. You're fired. What are you doing? Shoot baggage. With what? My AR-15. Where'd you get it? AR-15.com. Oh, there's another one. You got him. Yeah. Thank God for AR-15.com. They have AR-15 and accessories for sale and the best advice there is on the web. Oh, no, there's another one. Kaboom. You got him. Yeah. With your what? AR-15. From where? AR-15.com. That's the best place to go, and that's the takeaway, because this commercial's about to stop. My producer's horrible at getting adequate plugs in. Should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, Jordan Peterson at Jordan B Peterson on Twitter. Jordan Peterson videos on YouTube. Highly recommend it. The guy's blowing up all over the place right now. Um, so you do have a program as well that you're in charge of the future. Offering. You mean in terms of popularity? Yes, and yes. I don't mean uh, I want, like I want the refugees just... that you're taking in. Yeah, yeah. In your country, because mm -hmm. if you kill your enemies, they win, Jordan. Um. So you're creating this new program, the the, uh, the future authoring program. T tell us what that is, because you, so we've talked about your opinions and the controversy, but at the end of the day, what good is it unless you're giving back or you're helping? What is this? Shut off the damn espresso machine. Continue, sorry, with your pain. <laughs> well, one of the things I wrote a book about 17 years ago called Maps of Meaning, and Maps of Meaning was an attempt to detail out what people should do instead of becoming ideologues or nihilists. Right. And because in it, when you're searching for meaning, if you're detached from a traditional meaning system like a religion, mm -hmm. then 
you tend to move towards nihilism or towards a kind of ideological purity, like an authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. And both of those seem like extraordinarily bad ideas. If you're nihilistic, it's very hard to conjure up enough enthusiasm to keep living, because living is very difficult. And if you're an ideological authoritarian, then you're extraordinarily dangerous. And so it's it's uh, funny that you say that because obviously the argument from from the new atheists is that this ideological pure uh, sort of purity and this ideological authoritarianism would stem from religion. No, that yeah, they're not. I wouldn't call them a particularly sophisticated group of thinkers. I mean, oh, so geez. well, the first thing I would say about that is that you shouldn't blame religion for what's essentially a consequence of tribalism. I think it's a good point. And, well, and, and it's easy to confuse those two things. And chimpanzees go to war. With each other, now, are you going to blame that on their religious beliefs? Well, it depends I, I on wouldn't. What the headdress they're wearing. Yeah, well, so so and that was discovered by Jane Goodall back in the 1970s, yeah. and she actually didn't talk about that for a number of years because it shocked her so badly. Right. And and so well, even if you look at Native Americans who wore the pantheistic people, where really it's not centered over religion specifically. People have, like you said, they've warred over territory, they've warred over goods and services, um, regardless of religion. But it, it's a it's a formidable tool, a propaganda tool for people to to misuse. And I think that that's often misconstrued as a valid argument. It is. Well, it, it, you have to get the the locale of causality correct if you're going to think about these things deeply. Right now. Religion is a divisive force, but it's also a unifying force. And, mm -hmm. and so you can argue about whether it's more divisive than unifying. I, I think that's a foolish argument in some sense, because I think it depends on the situation, and it depends on the religion, and it depends on the historical context, and all of those things. Right. But Christianity united people under the rubric of Christianity, and Buddhism united people under the rubric of Buddhism. And the thing is, for, for large groups of people to come together, to, to interact and to communicate and to cooperate, they have to be able to do that under a shared value system. Mm -hmm. Now the problem is, is that group A that has a shared value system might want to go to war with group B that has a different shared value system, but you can't say, you can't blame that on the shared value systems. Right. Because if without a shared value system, then every single individual is at war with every other individual, and that's right. really not an improvement. Can you blame it on the shared value system, though? I think we'd probably find some common ground with Islam uh, when that shared value system involves killing everyone who doesn't share that value system. Well, that's that's the issue. Is the the issue is whether or not you can distinguish between a, a value system that's that's proper, like a game that everyone can play, and one mm -hmm. that isn't proper like a game that becomes murderous and partly what I did when I wrote Maps of Meaning was to try to sort that out. But anyways, one of the consequences of that was that it struck me very powerfully that individual development was the right alternative to nihilism and to ideological possession and so that the right way for people to move forward if they want to improve the world is to improve their characters mm -hmm. and their skill set and their ability to communicate and their strength and their courage and all of those things and I designed some programs with my lab and with some business partners of mine including my old advisor at, at McGill University Robert Peel and a student of mine from Harvard Daniel Higgins we developed this program called the self-authoring program and one element of it is the future authoring program, uh, which we now have a Christmas special on, by the way. And the oh. future authoring program helps people write a vision for their future and a counter vision and then a plan. And so the program, which is a writing program, because writing helps people think and thinking restructures their brain and their personality. Sure. The program helps people detail out a vision of their future three to five years down the road. And so it asks you some very pointed questions like, imagine that you were trying to treat yourself properly, like someone you cared for and were taking care of, and you were going to set up a future for that person three to five years down the road. 
what what would your family relationships look like? Like mm -hmm. maybe how would you improve your relationship with your father and your mother and your siblings? Because that's always important to people. What would your career goals look like? What what are your educational plans? How would you handle drug and alcohol use? Because that does a lot of people in. Sure. How would you take care of your mental and physical health? And so, and so on. So we made the questions very specific. And then we asked people to write for 15 minutes about what they could have in their life and how they could act if things were going right for them. Mm -hmm. And then we asked them to do the reverse, which is to write for 15 minutes about what kind of hell their life could turn into if they let all their bad habits and resentments and poor choices aggregate and consume them. And everyone knows that. And so... Not gay, Jared. Well, Hope you're listening. Well, I could tell. I Three could, years down the road, he sees himself in the middle of a road, so it's, it's uh -huh, not a good place uh -huh. to go. So yeah, he could well, probably well, back Well, I could, I could tell when I came in here that I he know. was a very troubled person, and, yes. and I can see why you make fun of him a lot, and yeah. why he puts up with it. I, well, yeah, he has no, again, that middle of the road is not a place he wants to be, so the studio is better. Well, I suspect he also doesn't have that many other choices. This is, this is yeah, true. Yeah. So maybe your program isn't as useful because the choose your own path. Actually, actually, be... no, I, that's, that's actually turns out to be wrong, because what we found is the program is the, the more apart at the seam someone is, roughly speaking, the better the program actually seems to work. Wow. And so, so imagine what's happening is that people are, are, are articulating, out, articulating out a kind of personal hell that right. they could avoid and a personal heaven that they could attain to, so to speak. And that means often people are afraid to move forward. They're afraid of what might happen if they move forward, if they yeah. make choices. But what this program does is help put the fears behind them, pushing them, because maybe and I do this in my clinical practice, someone might tell me about why they're afraid of making choices and making changes, and then I ask them, well, maybe you should be more afraid of what'll happen if you don't do that. And that's really helpful because lots of times inaction really, really hurts people. And sure. so we're helping people understand why their failure to act could put them in a place they really don't wanna be. And then we're also helping them outline a goal. Now, the way the human mind is, is organized, this, this is true for animals to some degree too, is that most of the positive emotion that we experience in our life, most of the pleasure that we experience is actually experienced in relationship to a valued goal. So for example, you're most likely to be happy when you see that you're progressing towards something that you want. Right. Well, that assumes that there's something that you want. Right. And so if you haven't laid out a structure that's a structure of ambition in some sort with sure. a high value at the top, it's very difficult for you to take pleasure, any pleasure in your life. Well, that's the dopamine reward system, right? That's right, right? that is and, the dopamine. Um, and that's now, where, why do you know that? That's exactly right. I know that right. because I've had a lot of help and I'm pretty messed up. And I will say this, you know, people are very over-prescribed and over-diagnosed and I went through actual genetic testing and um, did have, you know, I've, I've talked about this on here, but severe ADHD in a way where I just would accomplish something and would feel very tired. I just didn't, I just didn't really see pleasure in a lot of things. Hmm. And uh, it took a long time to work on that and kind of discover that about myself. Um, but I learned all about that, you know, and I also learned about negative habits now you can create a neural pathway you know basically where you develop uh, a, a habit to this is the path mm -hmm. toward pleasure and that's how you see proclivities toward addiction we right, Wilson right. on with pornography yeah right? well okay so what happens is part of the reason that people are prone to addiction is because they don't have any proper non-addictive pleasures in their life so right. here's an example if you take laboratory rats and you isolate them so they're living alone in a cage it's really easy to get them addicted to cocaine but if you take the same rats and you leave them in a naturalistic environment, they'll pick 
natural rat activities over cocaine. It's very difficult to get them addicted. So that so, makes sense with why all the Wall Street bankers have the crack problem. Yeah, yes, that's right. They're all, uh, the you're rats. saying yeah, they're isolated they're all, rats? Yeah, I'm just saying they're all rats, pretty I, much. I see, yes, I see. You're well. also, but but not natural rats. Yeah, you're not, comparing not more, more to nat lab rats. rats. Yes, yeah, abnormal yeah. rats. Well, they should be the rats of Wall Street would be the So, So we had people, we've had about 5,000 university students, five to 7,000 university students now do this program, although it's not only for university students. They've just been our target. Where can, by the way, for people listening, so yeah. if they want to be helped, where can they find this or learn about this? Because it sounds yes. very helpful. They can go to a site called selfauthoring.com. S-E-L-F, authoring, as in writing a book. Well, this is very um, important because when people, you know, you have all these sort of self-help gurus online or, you know, teaching young men how to be alpha males yeah. or this term, you know, I'm sure, you know, red pilling, which is great, waking up, but, you yeah. know, it doesn't really go beyond that. I hope that some people out there really do hear what this, this, this guy has to say and, and go to the site and go beyond just, it's great to learn that social justice warriors have been lying to you for a long time, and it's mm. great to talk about that, but there is a next step. Yes, that, and then the right next step, I really, yeah. I truly believe this, I truly believe this, that the right next step for people is to turn themselves into strong citizens. And yeah. strong means they're not afraid, and, they're, and they have a goal, and they're pursuing it, and their lives are meaningful, and they're meaningful because they're pursuing something that's important. Yeah. And what if they're pursuing like sex hormone replacement therapy though, and ironically, your self-help program creates a, a giant um, super tranny? Hmm. Well, I, I, I can't say that that's a problem that we've um, really ever thought about. And Just a possibility. I also have to say that it's probably that. one that that we won't be giving any serious consideration. Okay. Well, I <laughs> just, hope so. yeah. I'm just saying, so, what if you help yeah. the wrong person, right? Yeah. That's always the challenge yeah. with uh, yeah. with extreme power comes comes. Uh, Extreme problems, as it as it can. Um, so that that's fascinating. Do you? Yeah, we've, we've raised we've raised the university students' performance that who, who've done this program. We've raised their grade point average, roughly speaking, twenty five percent, and dropped their dropout rate twenty percent. And we've done that in several different institutions. And here's what's really cool, I think, and this was very surprising to me. It came out of the research is that the worse the students were doing, the better the program worked. And the biggest effect so far has been on males versus females, because males are underperforming women in most educational institutions now. Yeah. This eliminates this, the sex difference in performance. Hmm. And the people it's helped most have been minority males. And it's helped them so much that we've obliterated the performance difference between the minority males and the in, in, in Holland and the Dutch national females. Oh, wow. Um, yes, yes. So it's, Jordan it's very, Peterson. very cool. Jordan Peterson videos on YouTube. We're going to do a web extended version. This is fascinating stuff. Thank you so much for being with us. Stay with us on the digital sphere. Ladder with Crowder. Stay tuned. Why are you here? I'm not gay Jared on a shelf. I come complimentary with every month of setup now through Christmas. No, 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 no. Starship, come cheer up.
That song, of course, coming from Pogo. Is my microphone working properly now? It's properly working. Jared will be fired. Not gay Jared will be fired. Send all your hate tweets at not gay Jared. For those who didn't know, yeah, that was a pre-tape with Jordan Peterson because he came from Canada. He actually stopped here on his way back to Canada. And uh, when he stopped here, we were waiting for some stuff to come back in uh, for the studio. I apologize for those listening terrestrially. We'll do our best to uh, equalize it here before the podcast on the weekend. We should be good going forward, though, right, Jared? Should be good. Yeah. Be good. We, we, we Listen, I know we hate to fool you. We have to pre-tape every now and then, especially with a Canadian because they're friendly and we want to do what they say. Coming up after this segment, Michelle Malkin. Then we have Dr. Ben Carson and Gavin McInnes, which is good. So I have this up on my screen here. Amy Schumer's Barbie, yay or nay? And we've read the results. 3% said yay. That's kind of rough. 31% said nay. 66% said vomiting induced. Mm. That was pretty, I don't want to say predictable results. Yeah. That was, the vomiting had already It's all like coming. I don't want to be a smart, smart ass. I know what some of you are saying. Um... Stephen, isn't that body shaming? Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to have Michelle Malkin coming up next. Speaking of shame, we were talking about this uh, earlier in the program, and now we have the audio. Not Gay Jared thought it was a joke. He thought it was a parody when this happened yeah. because uh, Baby It's Cold Outside, one of our be- most beloved Christmas songs, mm-hmm. uh, is now being ruined by Social justice warriors, of course. Everything is, right? Time magazine. We're offended at documentation. How could you put Trump on a magazine? How could you? Well, because he was the most influential person that year. He became president. Was one of the biggest underdogs in modern history to become president. Boycott! And now we have Baby It's Cold Outside, a nice love song, a romantic song, about a man trying to woo a woman at a party with a beautiful and storied history in American culture. They said it was too sexually aggressive, and they decided to rewrite it. Two people from Minnesota focusing on consent and rape culture, and it's as awful as you think it would be. Let's listen. You're talking about to say no, no, no. You reserve the right to say no. You reserve the right to say no. Well, you don't have to. Oh, you didn't have the line in there about the pomegranate LaCroix? I couldn't. That's, that's why I thought it was a parody. Okay. First off, the song was never about rape. Let's think about this. At least I can say that I've tried. I ought to say no, no, no. Right? She's talking about her parents getting mad. She's talking about trying to play it hard to get. Being coy, I ought to say no, no, no. They try to claim what's in this drink automatically means, Oh, God, it's coming up to rape me under the muscle cell. And all it means, potentially... I like this drink. What is this? Let's let's Perhaps. downplay the joy of playing hard to get with rape. Though. Yeah, let's let's not. Yeah, yeah. That's that. I mean, she was at the moment cheer. when she ordered the Maxwell House. Um. <laughs> so it's just like shooting fish in a barrel. Rape Bill Cosby jokes, and I'll never stop. I'll never stop, and I won't apologize. Shouldn't. By the way, if you go to CRTV and say, "Did you?" By the way, your guy Steven Crowder made rape jokes tonight. They already know. <laughs> Big bands. <laughs> they, they already know. They saw this ride. They bought a ticket anyway. Um, here, so the song is not about rape, but he, it is about a man trying to woo a woman and a woman trying to uh, play hard to get. It's, it's, it's the dance that is love. It's the dance of romance, right? And let me tell you something. I ought to say no, no, no. A couple of drinks. Does that make it easier? Does that lower inhibitions? Some would say that's by design. And some would say that people enjoy that. Listen, let me tell you something. I do that with my wife. I know I'm not raping her, and more often she does it to me. You get a couple of, uh, of glasses of wine or cider, 
And my wife is all of a sudden really fun. She's a good time gal. You see, I'm just saying what, what I'm talking about is there's nothing wrong with this if it's consensual. And at no point did anyone assume that this wasn't consensual because this comes from a time where a man would pursue a woman. She liked to be pursued. She liked the person to be a gentleman. She liked the man to make the drinks. And she didn't assume that he was a sexual predator out to rape her and create a new orifice. A simpler era, some might say. And do you have any idea how many Americans across the country are guilty of rape if it's a couple of drinks and, oh, maybe I shouldn't, one thing escalates to another? Give my wife a couple of gin and tonics, myself a couple of gin and tonics, next thing I know, I wake up with a velour glove next to the bed and my ass hurts. I have no idea what happened and my wife is to blame, not myself, not Gay Jared's going, she's going to call. I can see his face right now. Not what you think. Get your minds out of the gutter. Talking light spanking. Um, <laughs> this one's just too perfect, too. Okay, here's another story. So we've ruined Baby It's Cold Outside. There are so many songs we can get into. And you know what? Listen, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to admit it. And, and, and it's sick and it's twisted that you're having kids grow up in a world where they have to listen to everything and go, oh, this romance song? Maybe he's raping her. Michael Douglas in Romancing the Stone? That's sexual assault. Princess Bride? My gosh, might as well be a prison gang rape. W what are these people thinking? They see rape in everything. They see the world through a prism of rape. Like a kaleidoscope of just women being raped nonstop when they, when they rotate it. It's like an LSD trip of rape. You know what a kaleidoscope is, right? Or are you too I do. Young? I do. Silver tuna tonight. Have them. Uh, this one is perfect. So a fat kid. It actually doesn't seem that fat in his defense. Santa Claus, who's a jerk, right? Says, yeah, Santa Claus here is a jerk in this scenario. Tells the kid he might want to lay off the cheeseburger and fries or something. You know, probably had a bad day. Obviously unprofessional. But um, the Santa had to resign. It became a national story. And I was sitting there with, uh, with Not Gay Jared and Aaron when we were working and pulling together clips. And I will say, I, I, I had them about urinating themselves. Before we watched the clip, I, I just love it. I love it, these stories. Whenever there's something that's so absurdly silly, but local news has to cover it seriously. So I sat there and said, before I play this clip, well, this Santa Claus was spreading anything but holiday cheer when he told little Johnny to lay off the burgers and fries. I thought I was semi-accurate. Here's the actual report, just for laughs. He Go. says Santa body shamed him. Here's what happened. Nine-year-old Anthony May says he went to sit on Santa's lap and he asked for an iPod Touch and a drone for Christmas. But when he got up to leave, he says Santa told him to be a good boy and lay off the hamburgers and french fries. <laughs> you tricked him right, so listen, bad that I'm I was not, trying I to talk with the bed that night. Fired. Great. But the fact that this makes it into our national news cycle tells you about today's current outrage culture. But there is something um, just mercilessly funny about a local crappy network oh, being forced to cover an entirely silly issue seriously. And today at the Squirtle water skiing event, young nut gather took a dime. <laughs> it's just they have to do this and like like I don't know why whenever we see the local news half the time I go why is why is this still on? No. You know, you get your local news from your your local site, your weather and you just it's just it's silly. So I just wanted to, I, I don't know, it was just one of the things that was really funny. We have Michelle Malkin coming up after the break. She's fetching. She's fetching. And now, the recovered audition tapes. 
from Barbie, starring Amy Schumer. Okay, Robert, reading for the role of Ken. Uh, we appreciate it. And we will do the restaurant scene that you see in the side. Great. Glad to be here. Okay, the scene is you are waiting at the restaurant. Ken, you've had a long day driving in your convertible. You're waiting for Barbie to show up. And action. Okay, great. Reaction, reaction, reaction. And the reveal of Amy. Now. Hey, Ken. Sorry I'm late. Uh, uh, Ken, note your line is, I've been waiting for this all day. Uh, right, yeah. Um, I've been waiting for this all day. I would have been here earlier if the driver didn't try and fill me up in that cab. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, Ken, your line here is, you look lovely tonight. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Ms. Schumer, I just, I, I don't think this is going to work. Why, why not? You know, I, I just don't think we have the chemistry... Oh, what, it was because I'm plus size? Yeah, is it because she's plus size? No, 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 no. I, um, I just, you know, I... Because I, I, I also have a lot of other good qualities. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do. Like, I'm really funny. Well, I, I, yeah, I know you're a very successful comedian. You want to hear a joke? Uh, sure. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Vagina. Stay tuned for more recovered audition tapes from Barbie, starring Amy Schumer. She can make babies. Reach the wizard. Reach the wizard. Enough of that dancing, not kid. This is a nice lady, great guest. She was one of our first guests on the program. Uh, I couldn't be more excited to see her name on the marquee at CRTV, where I will be. People who are Mug Club members already know will be launching Daily Crowder at CRTV. With the Mug Club, you get access to all of it. She has a new show out. Michelle Malkin investigates. Mrs. Malkin, thank you for being here. Mr. Crowder, thank you for having me. Look at you. You look uh, now. Now, is this just you wake up uh, like this, or are you at, you at a studio right now because you're embarrassing well, you know, me? I wasn't foxified. That was all the past couple of days. I just oh, came God. down to D.C. from New York, so I don't have the fluttering well, eyelash thing. Being foxified is nowhere near as dangerous as it used to be now that Roger Ailes is out. But we are very... <laughs> Gosh. Okay, well, I will, I will, I will hush. But uh, but he didn't, and that's the problem. So we're glad to have. So you have this show, Michelle Malkin investigates for people who don't know. So you've got Mark Levin, Mark Stein. You know they're, they're, they'll be doing these daily shows. All of the Daily Show people kind of know what that looks like and, and how embarrassing it is. Yours is different. Um, yeah. When I've described it to people, it's kind of like a a, a Michelle does sort of a, a forty eight hours. She goes through and investigates some of these, uh, I guess, cases that people don't know a whole lot about. Um, Kind of making, uh, was it make a how to make a murderer, Jared, or making a murderer? Making of a murderer. Making yeah. a murderer. Making of a murderer. Only no cats get thrown over a fire dipped yeah, in turpentine. Um, how would you describe it? Well, I would say that it is a, the right thinking version of Frontline on PBS. Okay. Yes. Or what would happen if 60 Minutes wasn't faking news? So no Emmys <laughs> in your future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know. I mean, I've, I've, I've been doing uh, daily opinion and news journalism now for 25 years, and this is something I've always, always, always wanted to do, mm -hmm. have the time and space to go much deeper uh, than in just any single column or, or blog post or four minutes on cable TV. And so a lot of the topics actually stem from, in fact, this whole season of what will be a total of 13 shows, 
um, come from my ideas, my past work product, um, my sources. Yeah. And uh, and we've released the first four episodes. They're available Can for I, binge. I hate to cut you off. Can I show a clip for people who haven't seen it and then we'll come back? Please do. There we go. Yes. Okay, well, let's show a clip uh, so you can see what it's about. And then there's a specific case I'd like to talk about after this. Jared, do your job. Roll the clip. An all-new Michelle Mulkin investigates the government trading visas for Chinese cash. Liberals like Bernie Sanders, they're all for benefiting the rich as long as the government is running the program. One Vermont town is caught in the crosshairs. This is the biggest EB-5 fraud in the country. The fact that they were calling it a hole in the ground was a deep concern for city officials. I call it an economic disaster. The dark world of EB-5. MMI is all new on CRTV. Now, my first question is, did you meet the guy who does the Dark World voiceover? <laughs> no, he's like some disembodied voice somewhere <laughs> yes, in he's, a classified location. <laughs> he's a head in a jar you pay a nickel to see in a tent. So there is... Um, hey, that sounds pretty good. I should hire you to do it. I, I could do it. I could change my <laughs> voice. Uh, but then the problem is, you know, then, then your time is not your own every time a new drama comes out. There's, there's a case that I was reading uh, about. I know you've done some episodes on this. So Daniel Holtzclaw. I think this is very... Am I pronouncing it right? Holtzclaw? Yes. Okay. So this is a case a lot of people maybe don't know about, and it relates specifically to Black Lives Matter and and why a lot of people may have, uh, well, you t delivered misinformation and how cases and, and, and rulings and charges can be politically motivated. Why don't you, um, I'm probably yeah. butchering it. No, no, no. In fact, you've, you've set it up exactly right with the context here because the trial of former police officer uh, in Oklahoma City, Daniel Holtzclaw, occurred um, exactly in the immediate aftermath of uh, the Ferguson riots. Right. And that was a huge cloud that hung over the jury, the prosecutors, the police chief who threw Daniel under the bus and fired him months before uh, he had even had his day uh, in the court of law. We've seen this narrative so many times um, Stephen, of the social justice mob, the witch hunts occur yeah. that occur before the truth is actually known. And so when I saw this verdict announced a year ago this weekend, actually, December 10th, I just, you know, even I just assumed that Daniel must be guilty because of the sheer number of accusations, charges, and accusers well, that were Was it 13 accusations involved. of rape? Something so like that? So it, it was 13 accusers and okay. a total of 36 charges the jury ended up convicting on exactly half of them and as the, the one of the police detectives who was in the lead of what I consider manufacturing the case admitted to me on camera and it's in the show yeah. uh, jury just quote-unquote split the baby on the verdicts this is not how justice is supposed to occur in America and there's so much more to it Stephen I, I find it to be um, so alarming and really in the, and, and you've known me for so long, you've, yeah. you, you, you know the kinds of stories that I've told. This is the most in, important story of my career that I've ever covered. It is the most massive, monstrous a miscarriage of justice. And I feel so um, inspired to continue telling the story. And I feel so blessed that CRTV is giving me a platform to do it. It's amazing. Let, let me ask you this. So, because you said 36 counts. So, yes. I mean, like Bill Cosby at a certain moment, well, you know what, this lady could be trying to, once it was like, you know, I don't know, 189, you're like, ah, okay, yeah. even if a quarter of yeah. them. Um, but in this case, are, are, are you presupposing that you don't think this guy did any of it, or you think he did a portion of it, um, just so people kind of, you know, because I hear, okay, Black Lives Matter, guy convicted of these horrible crimes. Yeah. What, what's the real cover-up? What do you think he did, if anything? 
Well, my personal opinion is that he's completely innocent okay. of uh, everything that he was accused of, but I don't want people to just take my word for it. And I think that's the, the new paradigm here and the difference between right. um, so much of what the mainstream media does. Um, I want people to look more into the case, and so does Daniel, just to merely open their minds up. And we've given them a platter of original source documents. And what's amazing about these two shows is the amount of the discovery material the actual video and audio of some of these accusers and how outrageously outlandish their stories were in one case and this is just one case um stephen there was one woman who had denied seven times and we have it on tape denied seven times that anything ever inappropriate had happened her between her and any police officer and then when the the, the sex crime detectives tells her Oh, by the way, you know, we're looking for victims of sexual assault uh, involving a police officer that you might have encountered. All of a sudden, she remembers it. Yeah. Um, Twelve of these accusers only came forward after the original woman had uh, ac accused him. And it was that huge circus and publicity and aftermath that caused so many of these women and in even one man who was so ridiculous that even the police department had to exclude him from from trial well, and this memo. is how the snowball happens yeah, yeah he saw some publicity uh, he said i can get in on this they said no you can't but that's and, illegal and for, so why, yeah, why, a ju why would a judge i mean why would a judge go along with this i mean people obviously they go with the making of a murderer right and so that's easy yeah. because it's all right it's kind of i talked about how i was pushing this narrative and the people who were involved with the film film leaned left in this case people right away are going to want to side with with the black lives matter antenna go up what why it, what you're describing is is highly illegal if not at least unethical how how do people go along with that on such a uh, that kind of a magnitude well, we've seen what the snowball effect is when, yeah. uh, as we said, we talked about this cloud that was hanging over the case. There were Black Lives Matter activists and Black Panther uh, Party activists in their full paramilitary regalia during the trial, chanting inside and outside the courtroom. Um, they were, yeah. they were uh, giving racial threats um, to Daniel's lawyer, his family uh, had these kind of things. There were phones that had to be confiscated during the trial because there were activists who were taking pictures of the jury. How did it happen? Moral cowardice yeah. and fear and intimidation and bullying, which you have covered so well on all of these so-called safe spaces um, in the campus environment. Well, I think you're taking so something that people experience, right? And it's, it's, it's one thing to make it sort yeah. of fun on YouTube. We were talking about this earlier in the program. Being banned from college campus now has become like, you know, sort of this, this cottage industry. I, I, don't, I think someone wrote that this week. I don't want to claim it as my own, but that's why I just stopped doing colleges because I always wanted to tell jokes. I always did stand up. I should. I was like, ah, listen, if this is going to happen, I had, when I had Black Lives Matter fact check my jokes, I think it was at Cal Poly. And then I saw on the paper, <laughs> like, Stephen gave hate speech. I said, you know what? Okay. This is totally false. I have no control over it. It's not worth my time. But it was published and people believed it. That's just me telling a few naughty jokes. But then you expand it to crimes. I can certainly see how in a politically charged environment, especially where they're going, we got to give this mob something, you know, this, this can happen. But I know most Americans don't want to believe it. No, they don't. The bottom line in this case is that there wasn't a single corroborating witness to these alleged um, 36 assaults. There wasn't a single direct piece of forensic evidence tying Daniel to any of these crime scenes of which there were allegedly dozens. And so I know it sounds so unbelievable. It is
is so incredible to think that this could happen. But we already know in the context of a lot of these social just justice witch hunts going back decades that of course it's possible. And what's entirely chilling, of course, Stephen, is that if this could be done to a police officer, it could be done to anyone. Yes, it could even be done to a short uh, Filipino-American woman. Or, um, sure. Guy with a show, guy with a show on YouTube that's mildly popular, and they've done it. I mean, it, it really is unreal, and and that's what we've talked about. Is this? Is there's one side that always wants to stifle dissent. There's one side that always wants their way. There's one side that wants no voices, and you see that with Black Lives Matter. What was it this week? It was um, oh gosh, you saw it. It was to Tommy Loren. The guy who can't stand her over there at the Breakfast Club, I think. What's his name? Charlemagne? Charlemagne? That's right. I don't know. One of those stupid, ridiculous names these people give themselves. And he was just like, oh, you know what? I completely disagree with her, but I'm going to be friends with her and try and change her mind. It's just article after article where you cannot discuss with white supremacists. And when you're starting from that baseline, well, then anything's allowable. And so you wonder how many judges, how many prosecutors, how many people in a jury are just starting with that baseline of misinformation. And then you connect the dots and say, well, I guess I can see how this happens. Right. And, you know, what's bizarre is try to fit this case into their normal black lives matter, black and, and white frame. But Daniel is half Japanese and he's was grown. He grew up in a multiracial family and yet they cast him as some sort of uh, KKK white supremacist um, Robert Byrd uh, type predator out there on on the streets. It, yeah. it absolutely made no sense. The police detectives got it in their mind. He was serial uh, rapist, predator, racist, when they had absolutely no professional or uh, 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 assessment to go on. They went back to his high school days to try to find anybody. They scoured his entire life to find anybody who could vouch for their uh, opinion that he was uh, a misogynist and that, they, uh, and that he was violent. They couldn't find a single person. And yet you How look at... How is that even you, possible? You could go back like... Yeah this week for me and i would be i would be completely ineligible for state senator it wouldn't even be you could take this interview did you not make a sexual harassment joke about the well yeah i guess you got me and this guy didn't have anyone no and you know what, what what's important here of course and, and this is in the context of so many of your your viewers who might be to law enforcement officers, family members, or LEOs themselves, is that you know that people lie all the time. And in fact, I got the sex crime detective, um, who was one of the two who, who led this case, to admit to me that yes, all the time uh, people lie for vengeance. Uh, to get their charges dropped. And these kind of trades go all, on all the time between DAs and people in um, some of the inner cities. Northeast Oklahoma City was the neighborhood that Daniel patrolled on. And yes, he had uh, been subject to a number of excessive force complaints, but he was exonerated and cleared in every single one. And at the same time, of course, you had many of these women who were proven liars with criminal records um, who were making these outlandish allegations against him. Well, hold that thought. We will have you on for one more segment to talk about this. And um, and uh, we'll make some outlandish allegations against Not Gay Jared. Hint, they're true. Lot with Crowder, CRTV, <laughs> Michelle Malkin, Investigate. Stay tuned. I'm complimentary with every month club setup now through the new year. Uh, how'd you get in here? At only $99 annually, 69 per student, this one heck of a deal. Uh, oh, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs>
want nobody. Want nobody. And I don't want nobody. You got that right. And I don't want nobody. I lost. Want nobody. And I don't want nobody. All right, glad to be back. No more dancing, not KJ. That's scary in this studio. That sounds like the, the underbed for parents just don't understand. Am I it, just that was, well, that is Fresh Prince, and that's Pogo. Yeah. He's he's Australian, and um, he just he remixes shows and movies, not auto tune. But this guy's he'll hear beats, and uh, well, actually, people in your family who are musically inclined will probably find it fascinating. He'll like take a clip from Star Trek, and all of a sudden you have a song that'll get like five million plays because he turns it into a rhythm. And uh, he can't get a work visa back to the States. He's very open about it because he's Oops. like, he, well, he's like, and he's totally against the illegal immigration. He was a big fan of Donald Trump. He's like, what am I going to do? I made a, I made a significant amount of money working in the States with the wrong work visa. I didn't have no work visa. It was the wrong one. Comes to the best of us. So he's like, I'm just going to wait this out. I'm not going to break the law. I'm like, oh. And uh, so he allows us to use his music. But uh, so we were talking about some outlandish claims. You know, this week we're kind of talking about this. And, and um, I know we're going to get some flack. But, y you know, you have this guy who walked in looking for the tunnels at the pizza parlor uh, for the underage sex scandal ring and Pizzagate. And things do get blown out of proportion. There is fake news out there both on the left and on the right. And mm -hmm. um, kind of like when people do hidden camera videos on YouTube. We've never faked anything, but a lot of people do, and so we can't compete with the fake story, right? It's like, well, this is pretty compelling, but then someone scripts it. Do you find, having been an investigative journalist really as, I mean, decades at this point, um, that it shortchanges what you do, and is it hard to cut through the fog? Because this is obviously an unbelievable case that people should know about, but when they yeah. believe that, uh, that uh, John Podesta has kids chained up in his basement in uh, a Vietnamese sex hammock, it's, it doesn't ring very, very true. Yeah, well, I think... I think my experience has been that that uh, most people have most people have good uh, filters and uh, um, radars for the BS and and the fake news. Um, but I'm I'm also sort of humble enough after you know 25 years um, not to just sort of jump to one conclusion conclusion or the other. I haven't looked into that story. I mean, and and especially having spent several months um, investigating just this one case with Daniel. Holtzclaw, knowing the amount of time it actually does take for, for you to, to feel that you are in command of, of all the material, mm -hmm. um, I, I just don't know. I, yeah. I can't one conclusion one way or the other because I haven't had the time well, to Well, I don't mean, maybe it. not even that story, but I mean, we see it all the time yeah. on, the, you know, on the left. Uh, yeah. It could be, you know, it could be, I don't know, Donald Trump rapes nine-year-old boy. Or, you know, you've seen stories like right. that. And then on the right, Hillary Clinton is secretly uh, a lizard person demon and it gets like five million. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I buy that. I buy that one. True, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, well, take your pick. But I'm saying we see so much of this now. And you were at the forefront and, and you know, my friend Andrew Breitbart when he was alive at, at, hey, it's great that the media gatekeepers are gone. I still agree with that. And I love yeah. to see them in their, their death throes right now. But there is a new problem of when anybody can have a platform, a lot of people just say, well, we can make more money or traffic this way. And they just yeah. lie. And it's right alongside real news. And, and, I, and yeah. I do think that's a problem. Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, it, it is a problem. But to, to fix it, I think it, it's the same solution that, like, I've always adhered to, which is that uh, the solution is more speech and better speech and, yeah. and not less. I, I would not be very happy in an environment 
where um, you know there were there were some arbiters of of real news, and th this is why the conservative blogosphere was able to break through and be as successful as it was in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, because you know you don't need some sort of Sorbonne like certificate to verify what's what's real and. Not. And so, you know, when you have the likes of these, you know, poobahs, grand poobahs of, of, of journalism, sure. um, if, you know, who are in, in charge of the, the mainstream institutions that were the biggest disseminators of fake news, CBS or Rolling Stone, you know, yeah. or Dateline or 60 Minutes, I don't trust them any more than I trust the people who are, are um, spreading um, Hillary's a lizard stories. Right. Yeah. Well, I might trust the people who <laughs> saying that a little bit more. Yeah. There was a time right. in this country where Walter Cronkite was considered, my God, an actual journalist. And that's one of the things that I find funny. We're like, oh, I miss real journalism. No, no. Hold on a second. You just you just didn't know no. how biased yes. it was back then. There was never an era of well, maybe there was to some degree, but people have people inherently have have biases. That's just the nature of human beings. And we yeah. try to deny it for a long time. Now you can just see it on social media. Like I said, why well, would be disqualified from any cabinet job, my social media trail? <laughs> it would just be too easy. It would be too easy. Yeah. Well, this is why it's so cool that we're doing what that we're doing what we're doing at at crdtv.com. I mean, we're yeah. going to all have production values that rival or surpass anything that's out there in the mainstream media. And I mean, you've been at the vanguard of this of of people who are just sick and tired of of um, any of these sort of uh, mainstream outlets frankly whether it's, it's cnn or, or fox news or abc yeah well and I, yeah it's been a problem across across the board a big thing for me when i finally heard i was on joe rogan's show and i heard his numbers like this was it last month 60 million downloads that was ridiculous and then like another 12 million youtube and i was going like oh my like that's bigger than all of them combined and it's a much more active listener base you know what i mean it's a, yes that's one thing like uh, people remember now everyone always said well there's no people go out to buy fox news t-shirts yeah exactly no one buying fox news mugs or t-shirts T-shirts, um, and uh, it, what's funny is is it's it's it, there used to be this time. Remember uh, when we were starting? I guess more so. On, I started later than you. Where they said there's no money online in advertising, and I just always said, well, hold on a second. I can trace exactly who's coming in from where and what they're doing, and that's way more valuable. You just pay this amount for advertising because that's what you paid on TV, but you really don't know who's sitting there in front of the TV, and now that's changing, where certainly companies run by anyone under the age of 50, they don't want to put a lot of their advertising into radio or traditional TV. They do it all online where they have the analytics. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And, you know, my hope is that um, what we're able to do at CRTV.com has... Um, more power, more longevity. I think the synergy between and among all of the personalities who are being featured is very, very unique. Um, rather than just having um, one platform that is full personality based, that sure. that, that it, it's it, having this village uh, of us um, offering um, a, a wide variety of of formats. And I, I really. I, I'm so hopeful and so excited about, um, you know, our prospects. And to yeah. me, it's almost coming for a sort of full circle. Because remember, I started Hot Air initially as an internet broadcast. Right, right. With that, yeah, that, that's we what it was. We were too early. I know. We, we, we were too early. Um, yeah. I, well, you know, I appreciate that I'm on there. Certainly the black sheet with what we're doing. But Mark Levin and these people, you know, have been great. You've been great. So I, I do think, and I, I don't know about you, I have so many people coming out of the woodwork saying, can you get me a show? Can you get me a show? So I take this chance to say No. Michelle Malkin <laughs> investigates at CRTV.com. Uh, sign up. Use the promo code Malkin. Uh, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll be right back. There's nothing more to say. Stay tuned. Or, I don't know, you're some kind of a foe. Foe. Xenophon. 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 X
Live read time. Uh, you've only been getting one of these. In, I mean, how many have we done? We've done, I think, a total of four live reads. Yeah, I did a couple. In our life. Um, louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club. Crowder's going daily. Louder with Crowder. I can't use, refer to myself in the third person. Louder with Crowder's going daily. <laughs> the Stephen Crowder. We've partnered with CRTV. Listen, uh, if you're a student at $69, that's less than $6 a month. Uh, or for vets, military, enter the promo code student veteran military uh just check the mug club box when you when you check out you'll get uh, not only our show daily not only mark levin mark stein michelle malkin and a growing number of talent there's going to be an app because so many of you have joined there's going to be a louder with crowder app coming out in the new year so all shows episodes uh clips articles will be on there commercial free mm -hmm. for people who are members so i know a lot of people i've been waiting for that for the app yeah, for the yeah. App. it's well, great. Listen, I, I know some of you use ad blockers. I know we don't like advertisements, but we don't have to have advertisements if enough of you uh, guys join the Mug Club. And this team here, I will say, to give them credit, um, right now we have Jared, Aaron, Courtney, Casey, Brodigan, Francine, Corey. Uh, I don't know who else I'm missing here. Am I missing anybody? I, didn't, I, I think we got everybody on there. And uh, here's the good news. So many of you have joined the Mug Club. So many of you are going to watch uh, Lotter with Crowder Daily. Don't worry. None of our free stuff is going away. That we're going to make four new hires in the next two weeks. We're going to have an executive producer on the show. So let me tell you exactly where your money goes when you do this. That means someone who's going to be able to put Not Gay Jared and I on the road, doing more segments, more feminist film festivals, more hidden camera segments, the kind of stuff that's really hard to produce. Well, Jared and I have been producing all of that for years, myself alone without Jared for years. And you see how much the quality's improved now that Jared has been brought on. Tonight's mic issues notwithstanding. But listen, a big reason that happened, we've had so much equipment come in uh, doing this that some of these things need to be calibrated. We're working out the kinks. But listen, you are employing real people. Forget about the unions talking with Donald Trump. Real Honest living wages are getting paid more than any union worker on a factory line, and they're creating work that you enjoy. Uh, plus, listen, you get the show daily and all this great content. We're not looking to, to create a charity. We're not looking to take anything from you. But um, I don't think anyone on this team has had any, any more sleep than four hours since mid-October. And uh, we appreciate it. The response has been overwhelming, but we can absolutely do more. And we're going to have a telethon, by the way, in December, where Tim Kennedy will waterboard me. I'll be here for that. If we, yes, you will, if we I'll hit enough here. members. So ladderwithcrowder.com slash mug club, $99 annually, 69 for students. By the way, if you ordered and didn't get your mug, email or call the CRTV customer service line. We can't thank you enough, and uh, gosh, we're growing. Stay tuned. Oh, gosh, I need to turn up my mic pack here because that music wasn't loud enough. I was dancing by memory. I know. That's a scary thing. We're going to have Gavin coming up after the break. Uh, speaking of scary thoughts, you know, I have to close this because I'm about to lose my charge. I need a new MacBook, Jared. New MacBook? Or any computer. That was on your list of things to do. He also didn't do that. This nope. guy over here. This putz. Um, what was I saying before that? Oh, 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 right away. I forgot. Guest. Guests. We do. So um, I'm trying to think. So we have him. He was just uh, appointed here. Well, uh, dialing up now. Do we? Have, we're dialing up now. We have. We have Dr. Ben Carson. He's all. He's inside. Inside. Well, should, he's all over the news. Clarify. This week, Dr. Ben Carson just appointed to. I just forgot. 
Housing and urban development. Housing and urban development. It's been a long day. I did not have a stroke, I promise you. My tongue is swollen from something. I think I'm allergic to soy. Damn it! It's an Those everything. Luna bars. Those Luna bars. We do have him on. We're always glad to have... Do we, do we have Dr. Ben Carson? Uh, let me check in here. Cartoon Dr. Ben Carson, are you there? Yes. Yes, I'm here. Glad to be here, Stephen. Well, no, thank you for taking the time. We know you're busy. Uh, so, a big week for you, obviously. You were uh, appointed head of housing and urban development. So, how are you feeling about that? Well, I feel the same way I do every day, Stephen. Grateful mm -hmm. for the air that I breathe and to experience our Lord's most wonderful the, the, creation the, that is mm -hmm. life. But the job, uh, what about the job? That's fun, too. Oh, okay. Um, now, I, I personally think that you'll be great in this role, um, but you're not without critics. Many of them, of course, I'm sure you know, they're, they're claiming uh, your lack of experience as a reason, namely that several weeks ago you said you would deny any uh, cabinet appointments to you due to your lack of experience. Well, I've changed my position. Okay, so what's changed it? The intoxicating adventure that is life. And Donald Trump threatening to release my photos to iCloud. I see. So um, what major changes do you expect to make? What would you like to see happen um, as you make your impact on this Department of Housing and, and Urban Development? Well, Stephen, I would love to see more affordable housing for all Americans through the implementation of private programs and less dependence on government subsidies. And for every American in their house, a box turtle. Uh, a box turtle. Mm -hmm. Because every American, when they come home from work, deserves to be greeted by a friend. All right, then. There's a rumor going around. Um, I think you've addressed it, that you're suited for this job because you grew up in, uh, in public housing. Uh, no, I think I know the no. answer, but is, is no, there any truth to no. that? No, that's not true. That's a common misconception. I just grew up in Detroit. Oh, yeah. And I did try and stab my mom once. Right. I, I can see how that might be confusing. But my attack was divinely thwarted by her belt buckle. Well, um, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, what is it that you most hope to change? If, if you have to nail it down to a single issue, what do you want to accomplish with this position? Well, Stephen, uh, my goals remain the same. I believe that there is too much anger in America. And too much divisiveness and i would like to unify our country once more to help people understand that life is full of sweet right, dr ben carson thank you very much for the time every day a gift the sun comes up and i can feel it lift my spirit okay uh, dr ben carson thank you for the time fills me up with song I look into the eyes of love and know that I belong. We, we have to go, Dr. Carson. Wait, wait, Stephen, wait. Yeah? Bless us all who gather near with noisy games and Cartoon Dr. Ben Carson, everybody. He's a, he's a great guy. He just sometimes it's just hard to... It's, it's hard. hard. To, he's inspirational. He inspires me. It's hard to slam dunk someone like that. You know, but you, you, especially to get. We do have a show to run. We do have Gavin McGinnis. will be coming up at McGinnis, mm -hmm. coming up after the break because he has he has a thing about that. Gavin, little known fact about Gavin McGinnis, he's a sensitive soul. 
He is. He's a sensitive soul wrapped in the. He has a sensitive interior wrapped in the exterior uh, of a thoughtless prick. <laughs> so Gavin is. Uh, I love that about him. I was going to say like dirty razor blades, but dirty razor blades. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So speaking of which, the alt right is kind of something people were talking about, or this uh, this idea now of identity politics. You know, I was sitting there and I was I was. People have asked, am I, am I alt-right? Or, listen, here's the thing. With the alt-right terminology, most people and probably a lot of people who are fans of the show consider themselves alt-right, but they wouldn't really have ties to the roots of people who consider themselves white supremacists, alt-right. I'm not saying everyone in the alt-right, probably a minority are white supremacists. Um, so some people have said, well, why, why don't you address some of these, these issues? Uh, or, or why don't you try and at least understand where they're coming from? L let me say something to begin with. Uh, of course, I, I, I think that actual racism, hating someone based on the color of their skin, is, is uh, abhorrent. Um, but again, we've talked about this. You try and, unlike Black Lives Matter, who said that you can't even be friends with Tommy Loren. Remember that happened? This, you can't even be friends with them because they're white supremacists, so don't even have a discussion. I understand that I can have blind spots. And so I do try and get into the frame of mind of some people who send me tweets sometimes with whom I disagree. Here's something I will say. With the Obama administration, where we are, um, with this identity politics that have been forced upon people and thrust upon people, you are seeing a reaction that I think is much more severe than it would have been otherwise. You can only call people racist. You can only call people white supremacists. You can only call people bigots until they finally go, you know what? It, it doesn't matter what I do. Any, I mean, you called Ben Carson a racist. So, sure. I'm a racist, and they claim it. And now you have people proudly, more people probably than in a long time, because you created this monster. You're the one who created this problem through deliberately using racial divisiveness uh, in order to try and gain votes in the United States. Now, let me give you an analogy. Uh, if I'm in a neighborhood, okay, and someone moves in right next, put it this way, I would much rather, much rather have a black American move in next to me uh, who shares even half of my values than a Bernie bro socialist hipster moving next to me. It wouldn't even be close. If I could pick out of a list, uh, well, of course, let, let, me, let me take the black guy with kids and a wife, then, then this kid, because he's going to be coming over asking for sugar, and he's not going to give it back. Now, that being said, if I lived in a neighborhood, and this is something that actually happens, where all of a sudden the demographics entirely changed, where everybody who moved in was black, because the government said, you have to have these demographics in your neighborhood. If that happened, and that has happened with some people, I can see how someone would say, well, hold on a second, hold on a second. That's a problem. And I have a problem. Why are we doing this? Why are you giving spots to people who don't deserve them in college? Why are we getting people, whether it's black, whether it's female, whether it's trans, pick the oppressed class du jour. So let's expand this beyond racism. Let's expand it to xenophobia, the term they love to use. Do you know what xenophobia actually is? It's the fear of everything. That's what xenophobia That's what it is. is. That's really what it is. It's all encapsulating. No one has a problem with the first scenario. But take your pick. If someone said, hey, you, your neighborhood has to accept, as they did in Germany, this amount of refugees. Well, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. You're forcing us to take these refugees in our neighborhood? You're, you're booting other people from their houses? Whenever the government steps in and forces some kind of diversity or forces some sort of political agenda and they, they drape it in race or they drape it in gender, whatever is required that day to gain the most amount of votes, as we saw with Barack Obama when he ran, it was entirely about race. With Hillary Clinton when she ran, it was entirely about vaginas. Um, 
bitch became the new n-word we said that would happen and it did but when you force it you also force a rejection i mean it's just like a kid who rebels against his parents even if he has the greatest parents in the world that being said the government is like the parents who lock their kids in a closet and beat the hell out of them just because they feel like it so i'm not saying that the federal government are, w would be comparable to good parents but i can't understand a lot of young people right now and i do see younger people being more divided, certainly we've talked about this than, than my generation, mm -hmm. than my parents' generation, because they've been force-fed so many falsehoods. And these false falsehoods have also been falsely attributed to race, to gender, to religion. Take your pick. Thanks to social media, it all goes unchallenged. Yeah, it, it, it makes, exactly. And so you have a bunch of people who go, you know what, I reject all of it because they feel as though they've been forced into a corner. You can't have the systemic vilification. This is why people, let, let, let's be real about this here. White cis males. You can't have the systemic vilification of white straight males telling them to check their privilege, telling them that they haven't earned what they have, telling them that they don't know what diversity is, telling them that they don't know what adversity is, telling them that they don't know what challenge is, and then saying, give the right of way to this guy or this girl. Or this depends what they choose to be today because they're pansexual, genderqueer, fluid, whatever the hell the term is today, LGBTQA, IP, and a silent F. Sorry if I got the acronym wrong. You cannot do that with white males specifically. I'm not saying, listen, that straight white males probably don't have a lot of advantages. I'm sure there are many advantages that I've enjoyed. I'm sure there are many advantages that I've enjoyed just as a man that women don't and that women enjoy as a man. It doesn't. It doesn't mean they don't have blind spots. My wife has blind spots. She's a tall, pretty woman. For the longest time, she thought Starbucks was a place where you get free coffee. She was unaware that one had to pay for coffee at Starbucks, as attractive tall blondes are. I had that, no, no, you have to pay for, no, no, it's just, it's just like you pay for some, but you buy one, you get three free. No, that's not how it works. Oh, it works that's at not all. how Starbucks works at all, sweetheart. Oh. It works for me sometimes, but I, I think I would guess it's depends for if the reasons. cashier. Yeah, it depends for if reasons. the cashier speaks with a lisp. So I, I try and get in that mindset, and I do see how a lot of young people, particularly young college students, feel frustrated. And it happens with young black people. It happens with young, uh, but particularly like we're talking about, you're a white cis straight male. You can only yell that and scream that for so long and demand that people be ashamed of who they are, something they have no control over. We demand that people are proud of things they have no control over regarding race, gender, sexual orientation, but demand that some people be ashamed until those people who you've tried to force feed shame say, nope, not gonna do it. And um, culturally, I see that reaction. It could be scary. Gavin, next. That's right, I forgot Gavin. Oh yeah, the mud club promo. Yeah. No, I'm not dancing because like, my rocking out is learning. That sounds pretty good. Hence the typing. Yeah. We have what Gavin McInnes on uh, here. Uh, Gavin, what's the best plug for you, brother? Uh, CompoundMedia.com. CompoundMedia.com. That's where his daily show is. But he's on, he's on the Facebook. He's on the Twitter. Uh, he's got the podcast. Of course, CompoundMedia.com. Gavin, thanks for being with us. You look like you are uh, taping a horror film. From where are you broadcasting? I uh, got a new book money in banks anymore right so i'm actually uh on my way to hide out in the bronx i got a friend of mine with a van he's driving me i don't think the cops know where i am but uh i'm really scared 
I'm scared. I can imagine. Well, pretty the Bronx is nothing if not one big hideout. It's pretty much one big giant burned out building. So I think you'll find plenty of places. Yeah, I'm just worried about food. I've become accustomed to my little accoutrements. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, the Bronx can be rough for that. Not quite the most cultured area of uh, of New York. So, Gavin, you were talking about this before, and I thought this was interesting. You play a game now, and it is a very thoughtful. It sounds silly on its surface. Uh, addressing leftists worst fear. tell us about this game because it's very compelling well um the most uh hyperbolic example is uh you have sex with dolphins well hold now, on a second. So what's the name of the game play it through okay play, okay before we go you have sex with dolphins that's not quite the lead play it through and this is a game where you play through the worst case scenario leftist fears uh to see where we go right am i getting this right Yes. So okay. if someone accused you of that, your first instinct is, no, 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 no. No, I don't. I never have. Right. And then, but instead of doing that now, I go, wait a minute. Who has sex with dolphins? Uh, <laughs> There's probably how, someone. How would you do that? How do you get to them? Do you do it in a tank? Don't the people in the dolphin tank, uh, aren't they a little angry about this? And you do that with everything. Like a friend of mine, Lady Alchemy, she's a... Uh, performance artist here in New York, and she does this sort of nude dancing. Mm. And uh, they found out that she was a Trump supporter. And they said, uh, people here don't feel safe, and we don't want you doing this job anymore. And I say, uh, okay, first of all, you're accusing her of being a Nazi. She's obviously not. But let's just play it through. Uh, let's say she was. Why can't someone have a horrible ideology like that and take their clothes off? Are swastikas going to shoot out of her nipples? Is she going to have like a blow dart? She sneaks under her armpit and go and shoot it into minorities' necks. Like well, even even in your worst case scenario, where's the harm? Well, with a woman, it's slight, but I guess putting a, a known rate like a Nazi, if it's a male in a position where he would be interacting with clients, I could see that being a problem. Yes. Well, those cases you come up with, they they take so much hypothetical work. Like, I, right. okay, if you're a Nazi and you're a teacher, and you're working in school and you're discussing like the Holocaust. I could see you being biased and, uh, you know, saying it didn't happen or whatever. Right. That's a crazy scenario we just came up with to make them look rational, right? Right. Yes, exactly. Far more rational than uh, sex with dolphins, which is more likely. But, but, but I don't know if you know this, though. That's not that far off. Have you heard of people who do water births with dolphins? Oh, uh, no. I've, I'm familiar with water births. I didn't know if yeah, someone threw a there giant are these fish people in the mix. For a while, they're like, well, if you look at the way dolphins give birth, it's supposed to be. And they tried to start. I think Penn and Teller did an episode of this. Your Lord. And they would go out and they tried to have births with dolphins. I'm like, hold on a second. Dolphins are actually, it's, it, dolphins are horrible animals. They commit infanticide. They bully for fun. They hunt for sport. They gang rape other dolphins. It's an episode of Lockup with Flipper and people are out there trying to give birth <laughs> with dolphins. This is a real thing. So even the most far-fetched scenario you could take, Gavin, was not that far off from a leftist reality. True, true, and I guess that could be harmful uh, to the baby. Yeah. But my my point is, well, like with <laughs> the teacher, be. the Nazi teacher we came up with, right? She doesn't exist. Uh, right. That doesn't happen. But so they, and that's a teacher. That's a very unique job. We have people being fired from selling pistachios, uh, <laughs> MDA. Seriously, pistachio girl, and, and the she. I know, but it's just the way you reduce it to. She was fired from selling pistachios for voting yes. Republican, and it's it's ninety nine percent true. Yeah, I mean, she, her her ideology is pretty darn hateful, 
but um, that's none of my beeswax. Right. That's her thoughts, and she's selling pistachios, not yeah. teaching children anything. Similarly, um, MBE presents uh, World Peace on Adult Swim. That just got canceled because of rumors that it was bigoted or whatever. No one cites an actual sketch, but play it through. Let's, so you're saying that there is a, a racist sketch show? There's a demand for that? People right. laugh and clap when you make... No, there's no demand for that. People don't want that on TV. Parents right. don't want to know that someone would scroll past and see a, a racist comedy sketch show. It's a ridiculous lie. It's a good point. And you know what? And, and certainly if we scale it back and apply it to the actual scenarios that we hear from leftists, you know, uh, what the what ifs that we actually hear. What if Obamacare gets repealed? What if Republicans right. get the House? What if, you know, abortion were, uh, were outlawed? What if you're like, well, hold on a second. That wouldn't be the apocalypse that you claim it would. Right, yeah. And we don't have to do what ifs with them. Like they said, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? They got dead cops. Right. They said, uh, they said uh, Sally Cohen says, oh, Mike Brown was running away with his hands in the air. The next thing you know, we got riots all over the country. And Zamir Brevik is getting bludgeoned with a hammer because he's white. Yeah. Because the press lied. And By said the way, what's the ethnicity of your cab driver there? <laughs> do we know? He put on headphones. So okay. He didn't, said he didn't want to listen to this. <laughs> All right, Gavin. I'm just. It's, he's. He's. I, this is a nightmare for him. This is the stuff his nightmares are made of. Uh, he's just. <laughs> That's hearing, America. Oh my God. He just said bludgeon to death with a hammer. Please, someone send back up. Um, <laughs> no, you're. 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 You're right. You know the. the, the well, that's kind of an irony, isn't it, from what you were talking about, where, okay, what if someone were a Nazi? But then leftists, you know, there aren't what ifs with the dangerous ideologies, like we were talking about, this yeah. Islam, where people actually get killed on a daily basis. You don't need the what if, but eh, that's not important right now. No, there's only two ideologies in America right now that lead to violence, extremist Islam and liberal hyperbole. Those two things, I can cite actual cases where people have been shot and killed, yet who gets fired from their jobs? I mean, we've got the what the head of the, the DNC strategy guys tied to the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, we can list deaths for that. But no, we've got to fight Nazis. We have to get people fired for being a Nazi. Meanwhile, even like the worst Klansman of the past 20 years, what has he done? Well, he like, was not... fourth in line for the Obama presidency. That's what happened with Robert. <laughs> for... Hey, Gavin, can you stay for one more segment? Sure, yeah. It sounds almost like a sound booth being in that cab. It's damp and it's perfect and it, it's style. It's, it's getting a real train spotting vibe. Gavin McGinnis, compoundmedia.com. Stay tuned. And now, the recovered audition tapes from Barbie, starring Amy Schumer. Well, our options are limited now. I know. But I'm, I'm glad he came in. Oh, oh, Mr. Nolte, thank you so much for coming in on such short notice. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of this. Okay. okay, Mr. Nolte, I don't need to tell you how to do this, obviously. Uh, it's not your first rodeo. You have the sides, so whenever you're ready. Hey. <clears throat> Captain Ahab, we're lost. We're lost, Captain Ahab, you son of a... We're lost. I have. Okay, hold on. Are you um, are you sure you have the right sides? Got in my hand. I think it's some kind of method acting. Well, I, okay, I'm sorry. Continue. I'm trying here. Ahab, you turn this ship around. 
Captain Ahab, you turn this ship around, you son of a... Okay, Mr. Nolte, I'm sorry. I need to make sure you have the right sides. This is the Universal uh, Project. Yeah. Uh, with Amy Schumer. Yeah. Waiting for Moby Dick. Stay tuned for more recovered audition tapes from Barbie, starring Amy Schumer. She can make babies. Glad to be back. We have him here in the cab. Uh, Gavin, were you giving directions to your driver just there? Yeah, I was just getting out early because I realized I don't want to show people where I live because I have psychotic social justice warriors trying to kill me. Yeah, I have that too. It's called the ISIS kill list. So uh, compoundmedia.com is where people can find Thanks, Gavin McGinnis. All right, let's let him pay his driver here. Uh, and hopefully this oh, is... Oh, I a... don't pay. Oh, you don't pay? <laughs> well, that's that's because uh, you're a Nazi. This well, is just use the white privilege card. It's really handy. Look at this. Look at this lighting here. This is, very, this is actually surprisingly uh, functional, this interview. Well, this Kevin. is why the mainstream media died because the technology got so good that uh, we didn't need your your fancy setups anymore. Your fancy setups. No, but you know what? When I used to be at Fox, they would like, no, listen, you can't do it by Skype. And I was like, listen, I can set up with a super high-speed line or wherever it was for a long time. And even when I used to do hits at CNN, and uh, they always had these satellite uplinks, which cost thousands of dollars, you know, to do. And you know yes. what's crazy? I don't know if you know this, but when you do these satellite uplinks, the monitor is always below the television, right? And it has like a few second delay, so you always just say, just shut it off. Well, now, right now, I'm looking at you in this camera in real time, no delay. And it's, it, it's amazing. Like, they don't even have this at the cable networks because they have to use the older technology. So there's no way they can compete. And when you do those interviews and there is that delay, it sounds so awkward. Yeah. And there's, it ruins the whole interview because the other person looks like they're flummoxed yeah because they have that two second delay no it really is a revolutionary time for uh for news and i was just talking to cernovich about this i didn't realize that there was all these bernie people at hillary rallies until he pulled out his phone and periscoped it there were bernie people at hillary rallies Yes, protesting it. Oh, yeah, yeah 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 that makes sense well, even, they were very anti-hillary and they still were you know for a long time going into it yeah and that, how do we find that out? We didn't get that from the news because they built, they literally built a wall around her rallies to keep out journalists. Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a weird time. Um, we were just talking this with Michelle Malkin. You know, there is this kind of, hey, listen, you're, 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 uh, I guess you would say a provocateur, right? You're no, you're no stranger to controversy. But I do know that you also care about truth and accuracy. And so I do know that you probably are concerned. There is a problem that comes with it where some people have just opted to, both on the right and the left, lie because they know it gets more clicks. So like, let's just make up a story, and it gets picked up. And, and that is the consequence of everyone having a voice. I think it's better than having the Walter Cronkites and the Brian Williams be gatekeepers, but it comes with its own problems as well. Well, Bloomberg.com said that. They said they hoped the free market uh, would handle this, but maybe the state is going to have to. Ugh. Look, when people lie, it gets weeded out really quickly. You go and look it up, and you realize... Like when... when uh, Right after the election, there was a rumor going around that Trump won the popular vote. I wanted that to be true, and right. I searched around, and I could tell by the sites saying it that it wasn't remotely true. Right. Because you, they look fake right away. And then, you know, it's, it's the free market of ideas. Over time, trial and error, authority in numbers, 
the truth starts coming out. That's why Wikipedia works. That's why the Internet works. That's true. Though I do think uh, Wikipedia, sometimes it's hilarious how when people go in and screw with stuff, and you're like, well, that's not true. Gavin is not, uh, is not a Wiccan sorcerer. But and that will go write that on my Wikipedia page right now, and it'll last for an hour. Now, yeah, it wasn't that way. You know, it wasn't that way early on, and that's actually uh, giving me, I guess, sort of some optimistic hope because Wikipedia was really rough early on, where it was about fifty percent inaccurate, and they've since put some systems in place to to correct that. And I think you're probably seeing the same thing with a lot of other social media. And uh, without banning people, like you said, hopefully a market of ideas uh, can solve that problem. Well, it's interesting that you said about Donald Trump and the popular vote. What's your scorecard on Donald Trump? And we said about this. The reason I haven't talked about Trump right now is because I think we both would agree this is. A, a, a time period where all presidents do their most pandering because it's about uniting and they have this sort of wave of momentum and this is where they say a lot of things that may or may not be true or they may or may not be able to follow through so I want to wait until he gets into office so I have to say that first but what would you give a scorecard right now based on what you're seeing um, I'm ecstatic I, I, I mean it would be hard work to come up with some things that I could criticize uh, I was a little uneasy with the woman from the WWE getting appointed, Linda but she's McMahon. got a she's got a rich uh, 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 resume outside of that. I was a little uncomfortable with Ben Carson being the head of HUD because uh, I think his only experience is having lived in black areas. Mm -hmm. But uh, well, I'll wait to pass judgment on that. But outside of that, it's just been so much winning that I have to keep. I, I walk like a 99 year old man. I am exhausted from winning, and I just found out. That he's that it's looking good for Cruz as a Supreme Court judge. That's what Got News is saying. Well, you just you were the only one who predicted that, and when he when Trump accused his dad of shooting JFK, I thought I I thought you were off. I will I will gladly admit that I'm wrong. I would love to see that. Well, now see that is so huge because we took a blow losing Scalia, and if Cruz is in there to save dead uh to save to save dead babies to save well you uh, can't yeah i mean say future dead babies they're done they're they're gone once <laughs> yes. they're dead. but to say to you know to put a stop gap in the supreme court once that happens oh my god i feel like i can just turn off the news well what about the like the, the increase like you know three trillion in spending and the deficit and stuff like that because i know you were really against that with barack obama um i don't think that's necessarily going to happen i think he'll correct that but if he were to do that i'd be pissed I so would I. And I, as Alex Jones said, I'd drag him out of the White House by his heels. But you got to remember that Trump is Scottish. There's Scottish DNA in there. And we are way cheaper than anyone could ever imagine. I mean, I've, I've been, I live in Williamsburg. I've been negotiating with Hasidic Jews my whole life. And they are constantly stunned at how cheap I am. There's like, so I many things in that statement that can get you letters uh, that I appreciate. <laughs> There's a multitude. But no, I'm glad that you say that. You know, same thing. I was talking about this earlier in the show. Um, it bothers me the pandering to the Rust Belt sort of Midwestern states without saying, also, screw the unions, without saying we want to keep jobs in America, but if companies want to escape the clutches of these unions, screw them, let's, I don't know, expedite them to Texas. I would love to see Ford go to Texas. And if Ford needs to go to Mexico to get away from the UAW, I understand it. So that needs to be addressed, and you see that. My point is this. Donald Trump, I know, he, he didn't want to upset them because a lot of them voted for him, but now you see they're coming out and crapping on him anyway. They're not your friends, so I really do hope to see him put a cap on that because they've been tiptoeing around it. 99% of union contributions have gone to Democrats. I don't know why they're even close to playing ball with them. Stop it. They'll always hate you. Stop it. Just follow Reagan's, Reagan, 
patterns, you know, when the air traffic controllers went on strike, he just fired them all. That's what we need to do. The second these guys start flexing their muscles. And by the way, the, the, this teachers unions have so much lobby power, both on the left and the right, mm -hmm. in the DNC and the GOP. Uh, yeah. They need to be shut down. They have turned all teachers into these Marxist robots who are ripping away at the very fabric of our country. Yeah. They all need to just be flushed down the toilet. Well, I would say the same thing with the unions that have made it so hard for Carrier to make a profit. And so that's where I don't want to see bailouts, and I don't want to see any acquiescing to them. You know, you look at, you look at uh, the American auto manufacturers. We were talking about this. Sometimes made in America, sometimes made in America means cheap union crap that's no good. And sometimes it means top quality. And we need to accept both possibilities. Right. I mean, that's it's like assumed, like if it's made in America, it's no. Sometimes if it's made in America, you're paying triple the cost because like the guy who just took a dump on Trump, the steelworkers union, they're charging three times the price and half their employees aren't working. And there is this dogmatic thinking that because Trump changed some Midwestern states, oh, we want to be careful with these people. We don't want to upset the unions because they could be part of a new coalition. They never will be. Right. But the solution is not to let the jobs leave. The solution is to pound the unions and get those jobs back to right. reasonable But not prices. to punish I mean, companies escaping them. No. And no. that's what I think Trump was doing with Carrier. He was saying, I'm going to stop punishing you guys. And, like, and then we were talking about this on Red Eye tonight. They said, what do you think about Trump saying he can just call a corporation in five minutes and get jobs back? And I go, good. I don't think you need a long conversation. It's I'm going to stop strangling you and let you breathe. But yeah. But it is, it is a problem if you're calling some businesses and not others. And that's what I'm saying. It's a tough period right now because all he can do is make calls. But if he lowers the corporate tax rate across the board, I'm good with it, right? It needs to be across the board. But that's what I'm saying. But right now, he is just calling specific businesses. If he were president doing that, I'd have a problem with it. And that's why it's a different situation because he's not in office yet. Right. So you're saying after he's president, you you don't like the idea of him making calls to individual companies. I don't like him making, no, he should not be in the business of picking winners and losers. It should be the same across the board. Well, start at the ones with, that have the most jobs and say, if you leave, you're in trouble. I but mean, what if they need to leave to keep their business afloat? Because uh, by the way, well, also, none of these manufacturing jobs have left very, very little. I mean, if he took back every single manufacturing job that was not uh, given away due to, uh, to automation, it, it wouldn't even be a blip on the radar. Well, true, but we, the other problem we have here is we're bringing in the third world into our own country. So whether right. we send the factory to Mexico or we bring Mexicans to work in this factory, it's still outsourcing. So if you close the borders, there's going to be this bigger push to, to send the companies to the illegals that you just sent over the border. And he's saying, no, we're not going to have that. Well, he's saying that with some companies, but again, it, it doesn't work if you don't address the problems where the United States can't compete, right? You can't compete if you have to work. A good example is, um, you know, and then we don't want to have this, and I, I know you and I would both agree on this. We don't want to have Hyundai or Toyota pull out from employing more Americans and all the American auto manufacturers. You know, these companies, these countries invest in the United States more than any other country. So we don't want to piss them off and drive them away because our own companies will fold, right? A UAW worker is at least two times the cost of a Kia worker or um, a Toyota worker in Texas. Toyota's in Texas. GM is in Michigan. So let's create incentives for more companies to invest in the United States as well. You, you kind of, you know, that's, that's what concerns me with this. But like I said, if he lowers the corporate tax rate, it's, it's not a problem. If he creates aren't a business-friendly environment, it, it solves itself. these great problems to have, though? I feel like we're both in Motley Crue and we're backstage and there's a blonde and a brunette <laughs> and we're both deciding who's going to get what groupie. I mean, if we're in a situation where we're saying, 
which businesses should uh, be here? Should we destroy the unions first or the corporate tax first? I mean, this winning is getting well. Exhausting. As long as we're not saying I'm going to put a 35 percent tariff on people outsourcing jobs if they need to. I have no problem with people saying, listen, we can't do it here. So we're going to, for example, if we make a mug that comes in in China when we're back ordered so that Americans can paint it and etch it, that's a good thing, right? Or we say, well, you can't get that mug from China, so it's a $50 mug in the United States, and all those people are out of work. Hopefully people understand basic economics when, we're, when they're at least looking at these issues through media. That's, that's what I'm concerned about, but I have a lot of leeway because, like you said, I don't think Donald Trump's going to increase spending by $3 trillion, and I don't think he's going to uh, punish companies if he doesn't lower a corporate tax rate first. I, I don't think he will. And you also didn't think he was going to win. No, no, I just said that as a positive. I'm saying I don't think he'll do the things that he's saying that make us like we may not like. I think he's in a period where he has to unify some people, throw them a bone because he won. They're pissed. Jill Stein in her recounts. Let's try and quell the pain as much and then get into office. And so I'm waiting for him to get into office and hopefully kick ass and take names. He's going to kick ass. And the culture has changed here. The only thing that I'm surprised about is how long it's taking the far left to realize that they lost. They really are acting much more petulant and spoiled and vengeful. They're and supercharging vindictful. it. They really are, are double, as Sam Hyde said uh, uh, to me the other day, he goes, they're really doubling down now. Mm -hmm. I, I expected them to take some time off, but they're, they're, they're acting out. They're, they're having a temper. You know why? Because they're trying to lay the groundwork for anything Trump does so they can say, see, 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 we told you. No, no, you told us in that span of one month that he was going to do racist stuff and you just picked policy. They're trying to use every excuse they can preemptively right now. So right now everything is racist and sexist and homophobic. Gavin, great stuff. I love that you have the Christmas lights in back of you. Uh, compoundmedia.com for people to find you. Thank you. We need to have you back soon. This was actually a nice little setup. You look studly. Yeah, I'll, do, I'll go outside for the next time. Ah, very nice. Stay away from kids. 50 yards at least. Gavin McInnes will wrap this show up in a nice bow for you. Stay tuned. If you join the mud flip it, no, 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 segment thank you for listening uh, of course all podcasts available at ladderwithcredit.com ladderwithcredit.com slash mug club if you want to support us uh, and watch the program daily when we launch in Watch January risk. Jared can you shut off this monitor I'm watching myself and I hate it can. I don't not like, get Jared I don't put like this monitor on because I wanted to see Gavin but then he makes me see myself true. he should be absolutely ashamed of himself um, alright we often have a takeaway here, and usually it's related to the show, but tonight it isn't. Uh, because, and this is usually at least in part inspired by some emails that I get. Uh, 
But no, Charles Eddie Four, I'm not sending you those pictures. This is not about that. You know, we've we've talked about this before, and I, I had someone talking about uh, when, sort of when dealing with political issues and someone in their family and how, oh, but you know what, they're too late. This is, they're too old to change. People don't change. And I've heard this before, and I know I've heard this worldview before. And I think I've talked about this on the show, but it probably is from a year ago. So if you've heard the story, save the complaining on, on the Twitters and in the emails. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go through two minutes of a very similar story. Um, it's not one that I believe. It's not one that I've experienced, that, that your worldview or your life experiences create a person who is fixed. You know, people mature in all different kinds of ways. Um, I know I have. I mean, look at the, the show has. I know Not Gay Jared has immensely. He has a long way to go. But um, at one point, I did find myself maybe getting into that trap. And so this is easy to, it's an easy excuse to use, right? Well, people don't change. You can use that with politics. You can use that with any kind of ideology, uh, whether it's religious, scientific, um, whether it's a level of education, you, you, whether it's in, intelligence, you can use that argument. Well, pe people don't change, so don't, you know, it's, it's, people don't change. It's this fixed idea of a human. I thought that at one point, and there was an, ex an experience that really changed me. I talked about this. I hope I'm not stepping out of lines, uh, stepping out of lines. What is with my plurals today? I'm hanging around my French-Canadian mom too much with that oh, and the, not the, the plural and the shrimps. 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 She puts it where it's not needed. Gavin it's your Zhang all day long. That's all here. Um, yeah, we need to get Zhang back out there. My aunt, um, who's no longer with us, my aunt, I grew up, and I know it's going to sound terrible because she's no longer with us. I always knew her when I was young as a very kind of scary aunt. She was very mean is the only way to say it. Sorry, Mom. Um, she was mean I, when I was a kid. She, or maybe she just didn't like me and my brother, but she was pretty mean. I was scared of her. She was the aunt I was scared of. You didn't go around. Well, I didn't know this uh, when I was young, that this aunt, when my grandparents had her, they didn't have any money. They weren't really able to support her. And so they had to send her with, uh, a, I guess you'd call it a foster family, a family to assist basically during the week, only it was for several weeks at a time until they were able to take her back in the house. And that didn't happen with her younger siblings because at that point they were able to take care of them. So the younger siblings grew up with, with the parents and she grew up with this other family who were, they were immensely abu uh, abusive. Uh, just horrible, horrible people. And it seems like you hear a lot more of that from back then. I don't know if it's just that, you know, it seems like you're like, what? They did what? They hit you with a, with a clothesline? You yeah. know, and you're like, why would they do that? They hit you with bamboo sticks? Well, it seems really common to me to hear of older people, like my parents talk about their parents, that, that's specifically them, but that age, that, that generation, yeah. where they weren't close to their parents at all, and they don't really ever know their dads that yeah. very well, just very distant, very, and often very abusive. It, it does seem to be, well, and that's what people oh, say, the generational golden thing age. Or, or what? Well, you know what, because before that, that wasn't the case. Just like, it, it, it's not historically always been the case where men haven't been able to show affection or say, I love you, or hug each other. As a matter of fact, it was seen as disrespectful mm -hmm. for a long time if you weren't able to, you know, shake a hand, pat a back, give a hug. So th those things change. And I think that there was a blip in kind of the, the cycle of human emotion, which wasn't very healthy for men. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to be a guy who cries at everything and need to be hyperly sensitive and get in touch with it. You know, you don't want to be that. Men used to be balanced. A man could be a jock, an intellectual, an artist. As a matter of fact, you weren't considered complete if you didn't have all of those facets, right? You were you were supposed to be all those things. And then we got into this, this, this mindset of pigeonholing people and, well, he's the jock, he's the intellectual. No, all men were supposed to be all of those things or you were seen as a loser. So this aunt harbored a lot of, of ill will toward her parents. She was angry, um, and I don't blame her. And I don't think she, and she went, I didn't know this as a kid back when I thought she was mean. Her and my grandmother didn't talk 
for like a period of over a decade, and I wasn't aware of it. And then when my grandmother died, and she was on her deathbed, she righted the wrongs. This is a true story. And she brought in my aunt and apologized to her for everything. Everything that had happened from when she was a daughter, the fact that they hadn't spoken, the problems that had occurred uh, in their relationship, the strain. She apologized for everything. And, you know, they sat there. They cried. They wept. She was there, my aunt, for my grandmother for the last couple of weeks. And I know it sounds, it sounds like a Hallmark film. After that, my aunt was an entirely new person. She was the aunt whose house you wanted to go over to. She was a French-Canadian Ebenezer Scrooge with a semi-mullet. These are French-Canadians still. The story can't be that grandiose. Um, it was, it was like, like night and day. And it's anecdotal, but you'll have two sides scientifically to this idea of neuroplasticity versus uh, fixed IQ. Uh, you have ideas versus people's emotions are entirely shaped by their experiences, whereas some people say it's entirely uh, nature, and some say it's a combination of nature or nurture thereof. But I really, and the more I look at evidence and the more I look at, at people's life experiences, I don't see any proof that people can't change, that you are fixed. And so if you find yourself in a situation that you think you can't change, and it's easy to do this. We've had this, right, where we even started this show, and we were getting so few people watching it when we started it because we got booted from our home station. Unceremoniously. Glory days, as some call it. The weekend. Yeah. Uh, and we were producing it, and it was a disaster, kind of like the sound here tonight. Where we said, you know what, maybe we don't even want to put this on YouTube because no one's watching it. And we, we got in that mindset, like, yeah. because no one's watching it today, no one's going to watch it tomorrow. Mm. And we're incredibly blessed. And I'm not saying our numbers are Joe Rogan numbers, but uh, hopefully someday we'll get there. But that changed. And I've watched my aunt change. And I've watched people in my life change. I've watched my wife change. I've changed. And I don't mean that my values have changed, but you can absolutely change the way you see the world, the way you interact with people, uh, as Jordan Peterson was talking about the why, the how you interact, you have entirely, you have control over that. You have entire control over that. And once you accept that, I'm not talking about some crazy matrix scenario. Once you accept that you can choose how you interact, you can change who you are for the better. And I know people who've done it. See you next week. It only takes a time. Hey, Crowderheads, if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud or maybe on the YouTube live stream, because that's a thing now, you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. That's actually the bulk of what me and my glorious team, not Gay Jared notwithstanding, do on a daily basis, anywhere from four to ten articles a day with commentary, videos, GIFs, images, and it's all free. So if you want to be up to date on the news and entertained, just add louderwithcrowder.com to your RSS feed. Go check it every day. It's free. You get to support the site. And then, you know, maybe we'll give you some free stuff. I don't know. Maybe free college. What are they promising? Free college? Healthcare? I don't know. They're promising, we'll, we'll give you that. Just, just bookmark it and we'll give it to you. That's a promise.